It's showtime. Three hours of conversation, cussing and a discussing with America's only born and bred Southern liberal talk host. Head on with Bob Kincaid is brought to you each night by Coal River Mountain Watch. Coal River Mountain Watch invites you to become part of the solution, part of a sustainable future, part of the uprising against mountaintop removal. Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. And now, from high in the hills of beautiful West Bicod, Virginia, here's Bob Kincaid on the Head On Radio Network. Well, howdy. And here we go, off and running on this, the 22nd day of November 2023. This is The Horn. Head on dot live. It's where you'll find us on the interweb tubes. That's where you go if you'd like to be part of the Merry Wacky Zany Real-Time Madcap Multimedia Extravaganza that is The Horn Chat Room in the three hours in which this program is live, Monday through Friday, 5 to 8 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, 2 to 5 p.m. Pacific Standard Time, all time zones in between, and the Great Globe Round. And... Well, where if you pop in right now, uh, this being midweek, this being Wednesday, like I said, the 22nd of November, um, you'll be greeted by the early arriver. That would be Squeaky. Hi, Squeaky. And capably moderated by Horn Chief Agronomist and Chief Mathematician and Bud Trimmer Emeritus, Roger, in Oregon. Irish Dave just now popping into the chat room. Hi, Dave. Hi, I'm Robin. And if it so happens... That you are um, listening to the podcast, not listening live. Uh, well, uh, please be so kind as to mash the living daylights like like you mash your potatoes on Thanksgiving. Mash the living daylights out of that uh, like button. Make sure you subscribe in, in a couple of platforms to make sure that if one screws up, you'll still be notified of any uploads. Of course, you can also follow me on uh, Facebook and you'll see the upload pop there. Uh, every evening, just as soon as I can after the show concludes. And maybe leave a comment for the algorithm uh, there on whatever podcast platform you're on. It really does help. I know I say it a lot, but I only do that because Brother Deacon Asa bullied me into it. So if you've got an issue, blame Asa, okay? But no, it it, it helps. It's It's an easy way to help grow the program and let more people know about this quite extraordinary little conversation we have going on here. But it is prayer meeting Wednesday, and before we jump into any of, the, any of those shenanigans, uh, we will uh, say thank you to uh, our 22nd day of the month subscribers. And that means thank you to Colin. Thank you, Colin, and thank you, Felicia. 
Thank you so much. Um, you know, yesterday I said that Todd had jumped in. Uh, Todd had jumped in and on uh, the uh, challenge, of which there remains fifty dollars. The uh, Thanksgiving doubling challenge, the Thanksgiving Day doubling challenge. Uh, it's got fifty dollars to go on it, and that would cut our fundraising goal if that is met by a hundred dollars, meaning that uh, uh, we would get down to uh, that would take us down to twelve fifty to go in uh, fundraising. Actually, twelve thirty-five actually. And Todd's, uh, Todd just said yesterday, and I didn't share the message yesterday, but Todd said, uh, in, memory of, in memory of San Diego Scott and all the lost lives in the Middle East, Robin, uh, please apply to the most cost-effective challenge upgrade. Well, I did. I applied it to the, uh, the uh, Thanksgiving Day um, doubling challenge, courtesy of our kind anonymous internet friend so like I said we are down at 1335 we can get down to 1235 uh, that basically means that let's see unfunded for today yesterday um, and then Friday and Thursday and $35 of last Wednesday so we've got $35 of but if that challenge gets met, that'll wipe out Wednesday, and then Thursday, Friday, Tuesday, today. And it would be great, because as I always say, and I'm never joking when I say this, the bills are waiting that keeps this program going. It has been a gray and dreary day here in the hills and hollers of almost level west by Cole Manchinia stand. It really, really has. Annette had a doctor's appointment earlier today. So we got up and headed over to Summersville and then went over and picked up her meds at uh, Kroger. And then it, uh, I stopped at uh, Swiftwater General Store and was reminded that they're doing their Thank you, friends. Thanksgiving dinner today, so uh, we picked that up. It was delicious. I love the people there at Swiftwater General Store. Unpaid product placement. Uh, they're just so kind, and it, it it certainly is the best breakfast on this side of the river. The blueberry pancakes are something I should not have, but sometimes do, in fact, indulge in. Uh, thank you, Ralphs. Ralphs jumped in, jumped in on uh, the... Um, uh, Thanksgiving Day doubling challenge. Thank you, Ralph. There's $25 to go on that. Thank you so much. Um, an anonymous individual sent me a box of uh, Cliff Kids Z-Bar Iced Oatmeal Raisin Bars because Keebler quit making them, and I was grieving. And thank you so much. They're absolutely delicious. Um I have one every two or three days or so. That's about as many as I, about as often as I can do it. And uh, Annette has enjoyed them immensely as well. So here we are at midweek, um, and it's Thanksgiving week. I'm not sure 
about tomorrow. Um, Annette and I had a little talk, and we decided that we're going to do just our just little just us Thanksgiving dinner. So there'll be uh, the homemade dressing, and there'll be not stuffing. We are not going to go through this again. Dressing. Um, and I found what I think is quite possibly the world's smallest turkey breast. It it came in at seven bucks, and uh, when I got out to the car, I showed it to Annette, and I said, "I'm not sure. This may just this may be such a tiny turkey breast from such a tiny turkey. It may just be a frozen turkey egg." But it's thawing; and it's going to get roasted. Tonight, after uh, after the program's over, I have to do the cornbread for the dressing. Do some mashed potatoes. Found some beautiful up at the Wigland Pig. Uh, some absolutely beautiful white sweet potatoes. So that'll be on the menu. Uh, Annette went down to the uh, down to our daughter's house and uh, showed the the teenagers how to make sweet potato croquettes. You have to you have to pass this intergenerational wisdom on. Those things have been made in my family for. Probably north of 120 years or more. So that's a that's a heck of a thing. Probably north of 150 when you get right down to it. But tomorrow should be a um, uh, no. I have not seen one of those. Those look. Pretty fantastic. I'm, 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 I will show that to Annette, an individual asking me about an item. Um, well, you know what? That's a lovely. Uh, that's 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 a, that's a lovely phrase. Emilio says you're having an us giving this year. I thought the smallest turkey breast was Kevin McCarthy. Oh, we're going to start that way, are we? <laughs> Apparently, we are. Um, so anyway, I don't I, I don't know if I'm going to be on the air tomorrow. Uh, it, dep- <laughs> it depends on if if uh, if that tiniest of all turkey breasts puts me into a into a tryptophan coma. So we will we will find out um, where to begin this evening. It, like I said, it is uh, uh, prayer meeting Wednesday. In addition to being Thanksgiving Eve. And we've got some, I mean, we've got some interesting stuff. Uh, if, if just for the sake of it being prayer meeting Wednesday, we'll go ahead and deal with this. Uh, Pope Frank. Made a little bit of history. He, um, you know, recently he said that LGBTQ people could be godparents. Now, this is... Understand. This doesn't affect me. For I am not a Christian. Um, Because, well, it's like what Gandhi said. I like your Christ. I do not like your Christians. They are so unlike your Christ. Um... But lo and behold, uh, Pope Frank sat down to a nice dinner. He had spaghetti and meatballs, 
No, really. And sat next to a trans woman and treated uh, uh, treated uh, the trans women that he had di- dinner with as VIPs. One of them was a former sex worker. She was at the table uh, with Pope Frank. And this, of course, will <sighs> cause Catholics like Brat Kavanaugh and maybe Amy Covid Barrett and Bill Donahue, if he's still alive. How about a little break, Jeebus? Uh, to probably have conniptions because they're completely unaware that Yeshua, the brown-skinned Palestinian day laborer and semi-literate itinerant rabbi who wore a dress every day of their life, hung out with exactly those kinds of folks. Sex workers. I mean, after all, it was the it was the Roman Catholic Church that started the the uh, libel that Mary Magdalene was a whore. She was a harlot because there's a story of a woman taken in adultery who was about to be stoned to death by a bunch of uh, probably self righteous women wearing fake beards. We've all seen Life of Brian, and uh, he scribbled on the ground. I don't know. Maybe he played it played a quick game of tic tac toe or whatever. And he said, let that person who here is without sin cast the first stone. And all of a sudden, a rock come flying up out of the back of the crowd, crunk Jesus right in the right in the pumpkin head. And the blood was like running down into his eye. And he looked through his other good eye back into the crowd and said, honestly, Mom, sometimes you really piss me off. That's a merry joke. But no, because there's a woman taken in adultery and because Mary Magdalene gets mentioned somewhere else... Uh, you know, the medievals who just weren't too terribly bright uh, decided they had to be the same woman, so hence Mary Magdalene was a whore. Church is always looking for whores. But in this case, Pope Frank sat down and had a had had a had a had a bite. And you know, when the Pope has spaghetti and meatballs, you know they're probably some pretty damn good spaghetti and meatballs. Um, and he had said earlier being a godparent is a big responsibility it's taking the place of the mother or father it's not a game oh I'm sorry that wasn't Frank that was Claudia Vittoria Salas you have to choose the right people who will be responsible and capable when the parents aren't around to send the kids to school and provide them with food and clothes Um, she's a tailor and a house cleaner and she was godparent to three of her nieces and nephews in Argentina, and had done sex work to put the kids through school. And so her Argentinian-ness apparently resonated somewhat with uh, Pope Frank, him being an Argentine as well. So what they had was actually cannelloni Oh my goodness, this this is better than you can get at Olive Garden. Cannelloni stuffed with spinach and ricotta and meatballs in a tomato basil sauce, tomato basil sauce, and cauliflower puree. Get out of town. And they had tiramisu it for dessert after petty fours. Good on you, Frank. Doing something kind of like what Jesus used to do. You know, hanging out with the sinners. Good. And, you know, if it causes some... 
uh, if it causes some right-wing Roman Catholic heads to explode, or even some evangelical heads, or uh, whatever kind of right-wing religion industry heads on the right, uh, fine. Give them fishbowl helmets, just like the the Martians in Mars Attacks, and crank up the Slim Whitman, as far as I'm concerned. And so... I get the idea that, and and this plays into what I thought we would get into for the uh, for the beginning of the program. Uh, and by the way, uh, <laughs> true, I was thinking about that when I was looking at my seven dollar turkey breast. David in South Carolina stands says, "Sell turkey to MAGA. You can always sell a seven dollar turkey breast to a maggot for ninety bucks. Pretty good profit margin." Yeah, they're. Uh, Hotne ute ipre, if you own what I ain't. I always know when we put it that put it that way that they'll never figure out what we said. Speak English. But you get the idea that maybe Pope Frank is really, really good at punking someone. And what I what I mean by that is that, well. It is being said that, like, Gen Z types showed up at the polls in the region, uh, the recent Argentinian presidential elections, and helped to put uh, Javier Milei. into the Argentine presidency, and of course, that dude is a fascist. He's already being referred to as the Argentine Trump. I wonder if he's given himself the rank of colonel yet. Uh, Don't let him near helicopters or anybody who works for him, please. And Nitwit Nero is grunting around and running out onto Tripe, so, uh, tripe Social to post to Tripe. And, a very special congratulations to Javier Milei on a great race for president of Argentina. I'm very proud of you. You will turn your country around and truly make Argentina great again. Maga. And I mean, he didn't just, it wasn't even close. He, uh, Milei, one big. And he's a he's a nutter, in addition to being a fascist. It went Nero, of course, liking tough, strong men. Oh dear God. Um, he's like he's, yeah, he's kind of cray cray. And he likes to be photographed with. Chainsaws. His fan, uh, his his fanboys down in Argentina refer to him as the Madman, and he calls himself an anarcho-capitalist. And damn it, I want royalties because I coined the term anarcho-capitalism. Jesus, way early in the beginning of this program. Javier Malay may well have been still soiling himself as an infant when I coined that term. Got to be careful about the things I say. 
so because the the, the multimillionaire for profit media uh, doesn't like to call a fascist a fascist, they're just uh, they're uh, saying he's he's a populist. He's a populist, y'all. A populist. Nonetheless, quoted by the Associated Press, um, Stephen Levitsky, political scientist and professor at Harvard University who co-authored a book called How Democracies Die, said, it's just so much easier to be a populist than it used to be. Again, I think populist is doing a lot of heavy lifting while fascist is sitting with its feet up on the... uh, Louis Kahn's coffee table. And Levitsky, counting them up, said at least 19 19 incumbents in a row have lost their re-election bids since 2018. Levitsky noting, voters want figures from recognizably outside the political establishment who basically want to punch the establishment. And Malay's little brown shirts were marching around wearing their Make Argentina Great Again hats. Now, I'm, I'm, I, I, am, I am not being condescending. I'm just wondering. I mean, when you think about Juan Perón, Evita Perón, uh, the, the reign of terror that came later, the brutal inflation, economic collapses. Once again, Argentina finds itself in the same place as the new 90 states of America, the greatest country in the history of the world on earth now today forever in the universe under God. Amen. In having to answer the question, when was Argentina great the first time? Because with Make America Great Again, all the again parts are back in times when people the freedom of certain marginalized groups, all of them, were severely curtailed, and it was a very white, cisgender, heterosexual, Christian country full of hypocrites. Malay said he wants to purge the political caste from the Argentine government. Great, let's have amateurs running the show. That ha- how how that yeah what could possibly go wrong so we have that and that dovetails with uh, since i was talking about pope frank and i said that i think maybe he knows how to punk uh, to, to to punk someone um, which he obviously did with the Argentine sex worker guest at his table. Well, uh, after Javier Milei won the presidential election, suddenly he had a change of heart about having referred to uh, Pope Frank as, and this is a quote, a filthy leftist. Uh, Malay's office uh, issued a statement saying, 
Uh, we are pleased to announce that His Holiness Pope Francis spoke with our future president to congratulate him and to express his wishes for the unity and progress for our country. Which was a far cry from calling him a filthy leftist. And Frank said he would like to visit his home state of Argentina very soon. Uh, in the so-called real world, I guess Milei said uh, is is said to be an economist and a member of the Argentine Congress. He beat uh, a man named Sergio Massa, who was the economic minister and a member of the Peronist coalition. He won all but three of the 23 provinces in Argentina. He just barely lost Buenos Aires province, but won the city. And when he accepted, uh, when, when he announced his victory, he said, uh, uh, the caste is going to fail. The model of decadence has come to an end. There is no going back. You know, any time a right-wing proto-fascist or outright fascist starts talking about decadence, it's a good time for the marginalized communities to head for the you know, head for the aisles and the exits. The Peronists have taken pride in the past on things like free education, health care, and social welfare spending. That comes at a cost. And, of course, fascists always declare that such things are decadent. And have to be done away with. In addition to referring to Pope Frank as a filthy leftist, Millay also said that Pope Frank is a malignant presence on earth. And one of his campaign surrogates outright said, you know what, we don't need to have any relationship whatsoever with the uh, Vatican. Maybe we'll just... Maybe we'll just... Uh, cut ties entirely. And so then Pope Frank called him yesterday with uh, La Nation newspaper uh, saying that uh, the, the incoming president received a surprising phone call. Pope Frank contacted him from the Vatican in a gesture that marks the beginning of their personal relationship. And he invited, uh, he invited Pope Frank, Millay did, to visit Argentina, both as a state visit as well as in his capacity as a leader of Catholicism and a clergyman. Uh, bring your food taster with you, Frank. I, I, I hope Frank, given his long life, is sharp enough to understand that you don't really want to play footsie with a potential right-wing dictator in a place like Argentina. He's got living, lived experience. 
but he sounds, this Malay character, it almost sounds like maybe he's studied at the smelly, um, stinking of rancid hot dog water feet of uh, Stevie Three Shirts Bannon, Father Roberto Ferrari, a priest working um, amongst the poor in the Diocese of San Isidro, which is suburban Buenos Aires, said, uh, Millet, he's a person that wants to destroy the state. He wants to be head of a state to destroy the state, which is almost very close to word for word for destroy the administrative state. So we shall see. But that's not the only place where fascism is on the march. Next year or so might be a little bit weird around the globe. Democracy is actually under threat in uh, in, in countries that make up the, uh, more than half of the population of planet Earth that are nominally democracies. And so it is that uh, there's there's celebrating taking place among the fascists and proto-fascists in, oh dear, this is worrisome. The Netherlands. Yes. Uh, Islamophobic <clears throat> populist, read fascist, Geert Wilders has hung around and hung around and hung around and hung around. It's it's just like what happens when you let a pesky rival uh, stay close going into the fourth quarter in a college football game. No, this is actually much more important than that. Because if you let them hang around, you might get yourself an upset. And so, lo and behold, in the uh, referendum in the Netherlands, Islamophobic anti-migrant, anti-immigrant, anti-EU, Geert Wilders had what qualifies in the parliamentary system of the Netherlands as a landslide. His party for freedom, uh, anytime you see freedom in a title, Again, marginalized communities should be um, making their way to the aisles and then the exits. The Party for Freedom won 35 seats of the 150-seat lower house of parliament. He only got 17 in the last election. Y'all, fascism is on the march. Of course, we've been saying that for a while. There's nothing in this particular story that I'm looking at to indicate just exactly how many rubles uh, Vlad Pudi might have pumped into, say, Geert Wilders and his Party for Freedom pockets. Gilders was so excited, he said, I had to pinch my arm. And went on to say, voters said we are sick of it, sick to our stomachs. And said that he would stop. The asylum tsunami in the Netherlands. 
because you see, in addition to Muslim migrants, there are other pe- there are people from inside the EU who are trying to seek refuge in the Netherlands. Gay people under attack in places like Hungary and Poland, Slovenia. See the Netherlands as quite possibly the most um, tolerant country on the continent. And Builders is so close to actually becoming Prime Minister of the Netherlands that he can taste it. And baby, it tastes like blood. The center-left Labor Party and the green-left both uh, were forecast in an Ipsos poll uh, at uh, released after the po- polls closed uh, to get 26 seats. And this puts the other parties in a position of trying to build a Geert Wilders free coalition. And that's gonna that's not gonna be easy to do. But he ran on a promise to gosh, where have we heard this before, Nigel Farage? Uh Pull the Netherlands out of the EU and a, and, and a complete shutdown of the Dutch border and pushing migrants back at the Dutch border and halting altogether the acceptance of any asylum seekers whatsoever, even the white ones, you know. And uh, he went on to talk about the de-Islamization of the Netherlands, making it sound as though, yeah, he's probably a proponent of the great replacement theory. I I don't even think that's subject to debate. He is a proponent of the great replacement theory. Scared to death that the brown people are ruining Europe. And in curiously reminiscent language, Geert Wilders said, The Dutch will be number one again. The people must get their nation back. Really? Take back, take back the Netherlands? Make the Netherlands great again? It really doesn't spell anything, does it? Make Holland great again? Mahuga? It's a little too close to Meshugana. So people are going to have to deal with him. And so that adds Geert Wilders to uh, Georgia Maloney, the fascist leader and, and, and uh, Mussolini fangirl of Europe, or of, uh, of Italy. And of course, Sebastian Gorka in Hungary. At least the polls pushed back against the fascism at the polls. You knew I was going to do that, right? Uh, there was a uh, I, I, I can't what there was a there was an a, a election for um, in Spain that had a fascist leader. 
But as fascists will do when it comes closer to election time, he channeled his inner moderate so that people were referring to him as Geert Milders. Milders, Milders. All right. And he's going to be a prime minister for all Dutch people. Dutch people, and we we know what we we know what heavy lifting Dutch is doing in that sentence. The Associated Press story that I'm looking at here includes a photograph of a young woman. Wow, uh, and that's not a comment on her appearance. She's a lovely young lady, but she's casting a vote. At the Anne Frank House Museum in Amsterdam. This 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 election was earlier today, and it's important because it means that the Netherlands will have a new prime minister, someone, for the first time in 13 years. But in the background of this photo is that eponymous portrait, black and white, of sweet young Anne Frank, whose life and body were given up to the Nazis, you know, fascists, during the Second World War, and she was murdered by them. And given uh, given the so-called landslide that Geert Wilders had, when I saw the photograph and I saw Anne Frank's smiling face, I just thought, imagine walking into the Anne Frank House and Museum and casting a vote. For a filthy shit stain of a fascist. Further proof that ghosts do not exist because the shade of Anne Frank would have been leaping off the wall and screaming at the top of her lungs. Yeah, the AP notes, from Slovakia and Spain to Germany and Poland. Populist and hard-right parties triumphed in some EU member nations and faltered in others. I guess Poland qualifies as a falter. But if you are... None of them are listening. But if you're waiting in an asylum center in the Netherlands for your shot at freedom and something resembling safety, you kind of have to be horrified. Because, well, you're going to be a punching bag for a fascist.
Meanwhile today, as Brother Deacon Asa points out to me, uh, I'm sure it's pure coincidence that Pudi says this as we see obvious cracks in the EU. Story coming from Reuters. Pudi. We must think how to stop the tragedy of war in Ukraine. This was a, 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 a G20 meeting today. And they let him attend? Ah, no, it was a virtual G20 meeting. Uh, the Prime Minister of India, Narendra Modi, uh, called it. <sighs> Not exactly a paragon of democracy, Mr. Modi. And Pudi, addressing the crowd, said, Yes, of course. Duh. Military actions are always tragedy. And of course, we should think about how to stop this tragedy. By the way, Russia has never refused peace talks with Ukraine. No, you just started the war, you filthy, bloodthirsty monstrosity. We must think how to stop tragedy of war in Ukraine. I think I know the answer. Ooh, ooh, Mr. Cotter, pick me. Pull your murderous Cossacks out of Ukraine. That would be fairly simple. Give up all the territory that you stole starting in 2014. Get the hell out of the Crimea. Get the hell out of uh, Luhansk and Donetsk. Well, that is not tra- that 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 is tragedy. That would be the tragedy. The tragedy of Ukraine is Ukraine existing. You misunderstand me. And meanwhile, he grins while his version of authoritarian fascism. Well, it becomes en vogue in terms of uh, European politics. But as Reuters points out, he did use the word war instead of special military operation. Maybe that's because... See, the Russian side is special military operation. The defense... The defense is war. But that's where we find ourselves here on the 60th anniversary of the murder of John Kennedy. November 22nd, 1963. That assassination and I are the same age. Let's see. I was 10 months old, so I don't have a memory of that. But there's plenty to worry about. There really, really is. Um, Lou in PA says... uh, has anyone, any reporter ever asked Trump exactly what makes a country great and non-great? 
Yeah, I'm pretty sure that question was put somewhere fairly early in the 2016 campaign. But as with any substantive question asked of Julius Geezer, there was no substantive answer. Excuse me, excuse me. America is dying. We must make it great again. Yeah, but what's that mean? It means it needs to be great again. Well, when did it stop being great? It doesn't matter. It's the fact that it's not great now. And we were great back when. And when was that? When we were great. Yeah. Uh, and then uh, John in Central PA, subject line Argentina. Uh, Miela, the dude is a straight up weirdo. He cloned his dog five times and named them after capitalist figures, and he supposedly wrote an op ed on how he definitely, most certainly, doesn't think his sister is hot. God, he sounds like he probably breaks bread with Jordan Peterson, who writes, who talks about how he has sex dreams about his grandmother. Right-wing macho masculinity types. Ah, gross. And. Uh, Moving on, granted, they're on vacation. Poor overworked babies. Uh, but Mullah Mike Johnson, the, I can't believe I'm still saying this, Speaker of the House, um, th there's, there's more information about Mullah Mike because they don't really hide who they are or make much of an attempt to keep it hidden or disappear it. Uh, K-File at CNN found an audio clip earlier in which Mullah Mike talked about, God knows we have, the concurring opinion authored by Clarence Pubes on the Coke Can Fappy Thomas, the single most corrupt, crooked Supreme Court justice in the modern era, uh, in which concurrence he said, bring me a case about marriage equality. Uh, bring me a case about contraception. Bring me a case about workplace rights and trans people. Bring me, a, bring me a case about sodomy. Because, as Fappy said, I want to revisit the idea of substantive due process, the implication being that he wants to get the hell rid of Griswold versus Connecticut, Obergefell, Lawrence, Bostock, all of them. Well, not all of them. All of them except for Loving versus Virginia because he'd hate to have his marriage to Jin Jin, Jin Surrectionist Thomas, who may yet be 
co-conspirator number six. We're not giving up on that yet. But no, he doesn't want to revisit that. But everything else, yeah. Even the rights of married heterosexual couples to do something other than missionary position. Well, we all remember that. And Mullah Mike, uh, in this uh, audio clip, offered up his notion or his interpretation of uh, Fappy's request. A brilliantly written opinion, and from what I've been able to read thus far... Uh, this, by the way, is the Todd Starnes show. Oh, my God, Todd Starnes. The news breaking right before our show. And I thought it was interesting, the words of Justice Thomas, as he sort of looked forward to, to what this could mean for other big culture war issues in this country. Well, that's right. You know, we've been sort of... Um, Working against these activist courts for years, there's been an increase in that over the last few decades. Uh, I was in those courts for 20 years in federal court litigating these these big, you know, cases, religious freedom, pro-life cases before I got elected to Congress in 2016. And I would often go up against activist judges. Activist judges. These big pro. I was working for pro-life cases. In other words, he spent the 20 years before he came to Congress trying to take rights away from other Americans, just so we're clear on this. Is activist courts. That's a very real thing. And so there's a result of all that, and, and there's been some really bad law made. They've made a mess of our jurisprudence in this country for the last you know, several decades. And, and by made a mess of our jurisprudence means let brown people and gay people and trans people and the women folk, let them fully participate in what passes for democracy in the United States of America, the greatest country in the history of the world on earth, now, today, forever, in the universe, under God. Amen. And maybe some of that needs to be cleaned up. And what, what Justice Thomas is calling yeah, for cleaned is not up. radical. In fact, it's the opposite of that. Oh, hold on. Cleaned up. It needs to be cleaned up. The dirty queers need to be cleaned up. The dirty women, the filthy women attending to their own medical and reproductive needs need to be cleaned up. Those uppity Negroes need to be cleaned up. Those Mexicans need to be cleaned up. And see, if this had been on anything other than a right-wing blatherhead show, maybe there would have been some pushback. But it's Todd Starnes. We finally have a majority of originalists on the court. And, and all that means originalists. is that they want to fairly interpret and apply the Constitution as it's written, as the, the framers of the Constitution intended. That's the basis of our whole system of government, and we have to get back to that. And, and that's what he stands Yes, back to a system of government where the only people who had any rights were property-owning white men. Like God intended. Property-owning, white, cisgender, heterosexual, Christian men. 
cleaned up. Let's see, what did uh, what did uh, Javier Miela um, call Pope Frank? Yeah, filthy, filthy. What did the Germans say about the Jews? The dirty Jews. What did they say about LGBTQ people in uh, fascist Germany? Deviants. Isn't it nice to be able to interpret the code, the code talking of a nasty little uh, Christo-fascist like Mullah Mike Johnson? Lou, it's a hell of a thing. By the way, says Lou, uh, you know, using this program to to, to needle Kevin is, I I don't know if that's appropriate, Lou. By the way, Kennedy was actually shot from the front by Kevin, uh, by Kevin in Colorado Springs. Why, Lou? Because Mets fan is, is I mean, the Mets were in existence by then. I mean, no getting around it. But but you know, Fappy Thomas doesn't want to do anything radical. He just he just wants to take us back to when white men ruled the country. It's going to be problematic for Fappy. Oh, I'm going to I'm going to ask this. I wonder if Fappy lets Sammy Bradbreath call him boy, or maybe uncle, given his age. Just wondering. Or we applaud that. And and when you, yeah, yeah we, uh, he applauds cleaning up the filthy leftists. Of course, when a fascist goes to cleaning up people, they get real clean. Uh, they get so clean they're invisible, non-existent even. Well, CNN reached out to Mullah Mike spokes creep, um, Raj Shah, who was among the very most, I mean, he wasn't the most toxic maggot in the maggot White House. I mean, that, that, that job, that title probably goes to Stephen Miller, who is not a joker, not a smoker, not a midnight toker. No. He's a little... He's a little Sonder Commando, Stephen Miller is. But when they reached out to Raj Shah, presumably, Raj Shah responded, um, given this quote, that uh, uh, Mullah Mike Johnson, the speaker, views the cases as settled law. Now, how many members of our most puissant dread sovereign supreme Catholic majesties in D.C., how many of them said the same under oath in their confirmation hearings? Yeah, um, wasn't the term super precedent bandied about? Do I recall that right? 
Pretty sure I do. Back in 2010, Mullah Mike also said that one of the primary purposes of the law in civil government is to restrain evil. Well, that sounds kinky. I, I will I will resist the urge for any innuendo whatsoever. So when it comes to restraining evil, uh, what does that mean for Mullah Mike Johnson? Well, that means putting doctors who provide reproductive health care to women in prison. That means festooning every public building from Dan to Beersheba uh, with the Ten Commandments, which, by the way, since it's prayer meeting Wednesday, are very close to 100% utterly irrelevant and have to do with a barely, well, at the time, they probably weren't even literate, nomadic tribe that got lost in the desert and had to actually be told by the Almighty not to kill each other when you would think that, I mean, in most civilizations, don't kill each other is sort of taken as read. And, of course, the Ten Commandments aren't nearly as old as, say, the Code of Hammurabi, which gets into much more granular detail on don't kill each other. Uh, among other things, uh, Mullah Mike wants to see hate crime laws repealed. So that just because you crucify a little gay boy on a barbed wire fence out in Wyoming... You shouldn't have to pay a greater penalty than somebody who just shot him down in cold blood uh, without knowing he was queer. Matthew Shepard. Peace be upon him. And, of course, it wouldn't be prayer meeting Wednesday if we didn't notice that Mullah Mike Johnson wants everybody to have to go to Bible study in the public schools. And he wants to bring back biblical morality. You know, the biblical morality where when you uh, overrun your enemy's territory, you kill every man, woman, and child except the little girls who haven't been uh, subjected to sex yet, and you turn them over to the priests to be used as concubines. Norm Eisen, senior fellow at the Brookings Institution, also serves as a legal analyst for CNN, said, Speaker Johnson embraces a view that is not only outside of the mainstream, but is so radical in terms of his endorsement of the Thomas position that even the extremely conservative Supreme Court majority isn't willing to go there. It would take the country back more than half a century. Oh, Mr. Eisen, I hope you're right. I fear you're wrong. Because if a case overturning Obergefell were to make it to the Supreme Court, and you may rest assured that the people who used to employ Mullah Mike Johnson, you know, like the Alliance demeaning freedom, uh, they are dragging $100 bills through trailer parks all over America trying to find somebody whose religious sensibilities have been offended. Because a couple of guys got married. 
and to find a judge like, say, maybe Kazmarek in Texas who would rule the right way and kick that up to the Fifth Judicial Circuit of the United States who would rule the right way and then drop it in Fappy Thomas's lap. Hmm? Impossible, you say? No, impossible you don't say, because this is an enlightened uh, Horn Family Community Congregation. And then if it gets into Fappy Thomas's lap, well, you got Fappy's vote for it. You got Ann's boy Neil's vote for it. You got Sammy Bad Breath Alito's vote for it. All you need is two more. Maybe Brett, or maybe maybe uh, Amy Covid Barrett, if that's the way her husband tells her to vote. You know, her being a submissive Christian wife and all. And apparently CNN found a, a, a veritable treasure trove of audio of Mullah Mike waxing eloquent back when he was a petty fogger at the uh, Alliance Defaming Freedom. His webpage in 2005 for a podcast that he co-hosted, a radio show actually, not a podcast, uh, God and Country said, the arrows in the culture war are particularly directed at our youth, where the enemy, capitalized of course, often has the greatest effect. We cannot lose our children to the forces of darkness. Be aware and get active in your kids' schools. And, of course, let's see, that was 2005. So, 18 years later, with lots and lots and lots of money, lo and behold, we got the brown skirts. Mm-hmm. The Moms for Liberty. Sit, Liberty. Sit. Woof. At one point in time, he called the American Civil Liberties Union the most dangerous organization in America. Really? I remember the four nightmare years of Nitwit Nero's administration. I thought the most dangerous organization in America was MS-13. Or Black Lives Matter or Antifa. Hang on tight. And imagine, in case you need any motivation for oh, fighting with all your heart and will to save this country, another Republican president could cement the Supreme Court essentially eternally. That would mean that if 
Fappy has, you know, one too many Lark's Vomit canapes, you know. He puts on the grill on the hibachi there in the Walmart parking lot there with his RV that uh, mysteriously got the loan forgiven for. Oh, yes, oh, yes, yes, yes. Um, well, if he was to shuffle off this mortal coil or Sammy Bad Breath or, I don't know, um, Brett Kavanaugh be spirited off this planet in a tragic beer boofing accident. Well, a Republican president would replace them with someone even worse. Um. Emilio says, activist judges means judges and worked in the courts means I worked as an activist activist lawyer. Yes. Flavio pointing out, Pope Frank recently fired Cardinal Strickland in Texas. Strickland was politely asked to resign, but Strickland wouldn't and doubled down on his annex. Then Frank went, okay, bye Felicia, and shit canned him. Uh, Ralph's asking, why the F did he clone his dog, Miela? Because he's weird? Because he's a Leon Scum-esque dude bro? There's no bro like a dude bro. Uh, Pope Frank Flavio notes, also called the American Church, reactionary. You think? Asks Flavio. I think. And uh, Randy Radar said if the Republicans really want to go back to the leave it to beaver world, they would have a top tax rate of 90%, a one-third unionization rate, and CEOs only making to 50 to 60 times what an average worker made instead of 350 times. So they really want that? Oh, hell no. Not in a million years. That's just window dressing for the rubes. Uh, then uh, Dave in the Blind. Hi, Dave. Uh, but let's not forget, Dave says, honest anniversary of President Kennedy's assassination. Let us not forget that people of my parents' generation knew where they were when it happened. I remember going to Dallas with my parents years later, and they said in reverential tones what President Kennedy meant to my father. Uh, that's why he got involved in politics, because of President Kennedy. Granted, he was a Republican, but he still got involved. Now it's all about cleaning up this and cleaning up that, and there's nothing that these ass will not do. Happy Thanksgiving to all. With love from our dear friend, Dave in the Blind. And then there's the, there's whatever happened at the U.S.-Canadian border today. Because a car blew up on what is called the Rainbow Bridge. 
like I said, a car exploded. Two people are dead. And uh, well, right off the bat, the Fox News TV Radio Rwanda had a full-on connection. Eventually, they kind of had to back up on that. There was a lot of breathlessness to the reporting. Initially, Fox News TV Radio Rwanda said, The car was full of explosives. A possible terror attack. About an hour later, they showed back up with a bit of a, well, bit of a retraction. It's, it's interesting to look at because it kind of gives us an idea when you talk about you're unclear if this happened on the bridge. That's that's this side. That's the United States side. That's what we're looking at there. And as you go Video. further beyond that, that's the bridge. It never got on the bridge. So we now know the car was not going from the Canadian side to the United States side. The car was never on the actual bridge. We are being told that it was one time spotted at a 7-Eleven and that it was going at a very high rate of speed toward the U.S. side right here you can see this toward the United States side going toward the entrance to the bridge going on to Canada. Have you ever bought a couple of chili dogs at 7-Eleven? There are circumstances in which those chili dogs will cause you to drive quickly and even recklessly, possibly even haphazardly. I'm being facetious. And that in some capacity, this thing either lost control or it deliberately went at a fence and it crashed and then exploded. Now, we told you earlier that there was an explosion because there were explosives inside the car. And now authorities but are apparently walking that back just a little bit, saying it's unclear if there were explosives or how many explosives. And so but what Fox News TV Radio Rwanda said and what Emery and Marveline will never not hear is that the car was full of explosives. You know, like something out of a, because, you know, Dan was on the show last night, something out of a Warner Brothers cartoon, you know, the window's just bulging with little loose dynamite sticks. So you can see as as the fog clears on this air and they're kind of getting a better idea of what's happening. So is there a potential that this thing was going at such a high rate of speed that it was going toward the bridge that might possibly it had maybe few explosives or no explosives and still created this explosive event at the bridge? I'm getting I mean, I'm presuming this was not a Tesla. Or then again, maybe it was. They do tend to 
from time to time spontaneously combust now, don't they? But say, oh, I don't know, an automobile with a you know, stand, mid-sized sedan maybe with a gas tank holding oh, 16.5 gallons of gasoline. If some, you know, they don't have self-sealing tanks because generally folks aren't shooting at them with machine guns. And so if fire gets, you know, it'll make a pretty big boom, but don't tell the geniuses at Fox News TV Radio Rwanda, for God's sakes, no. They're, they were the ones doing the walking back. It wasn't the previous sources, unless the previous sources were, you know, the Canadian version of Emery and Marveline. Oh, the car was absolutely packed to the windows with, with explosives. Well, Ralph says, I think I was having my wisdom teeth removed on the day Kennedy was assassinated. Doubly unpleasant, Ralphs. Flavio, Fox News reporting on Rainbow Bridge car crash. What I don't understand was what was Thompson Reuters doing quoting Fox? Thompson Reuters is a news organization. Fox is not. David in South Carolina stand. Now, that's interesting. Uh, reports say it was a stolen Bentley. I'm guessing there aren't a lot of Bentleys used in terrorist bombings. Not laughing because it's but but gee, wow! Thanks, David. Leave it to Beaver years. Emilio says, "Nah, Republicans want to go back to the Leave it to Torquemada years." That's a good one. And. Uh, yeah, Emilio, uh, Pope Francis is a malignant presence. Maybe Malayi believes Pope Frank is that guy that lives inside his medicine cabinet. Uh, you're banging on all cylinders this evening, Emilio. We are into the second hour of the program. We have $25 to go to, go to get us down to uh, $1,250. No, 1235 for our fundraising. And we are in desperate straits. The Let's see. The internet will go off on Saturday. Power can go at any minute, and the phones are probably so. We need to get caught up so that we can have radio next week. Yeah. Oh, and we've we've talked a lot about uh, you know the 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 effects of stochastic terrorism. A, uh, an article over at Law 360 points out that a 275-page report has been generated by the court security official for the uh, court where Nitwit Nero's fraud trial is taking place, the, the author, Captain Charles Holland. 275 pages document... Almost innumerable credible death threats against Justice Arthur and Goron. 
who noted when Nitwit Nero was trashing his clerk and other members of the court, you can say anything you want about me. And he did. And in fact, uh, Captain Charles Holland in his report said, when Mr. Trump violated the gag orders, the number of threatening, harassing, and disparaging messages increased. What's more, and one would trust a security official like Captain Holland to get this right, the uh, threats that were documented in the report are, quote, serious and credible and not hypothetical or speculative. Naturally, I'm sorry that I have to say, naturally, naturally, uh, a significant number of those threats are anti-Semitic in nature, And one of the threats, just one of them, simply tells Justice Ngoron, you should be assassinated. Now, I don't know if Stephen New York is out there. Might be, uh, might be in the air. He might be headed to Canada to spend time with his beloved. But I have to guess that making threats against the life of a Supreme Court of New York trial judge is probably violative of some portion of the New York Code. But it's okay, because we're just going to give Nitwit Nero um, more time to hoist himself on his own petard and hope it doesn't work out to our detriment. You know, I'm so old that I can remember kind of dreading because I, I worked a couple of Thanksgivings in the newsroom. Kind of dreading Thanksgiving and Christmas duty, especially if you had to come up with five minutes of, of a newscast copy every hour over the course of an eight-hour shift. Because there just wouldn't be a whole lot happening. All is calm. All is bright. And that line about the round young, round young virgin, and I don't know why we have to fat shame Mary. Or maybe it's just because, never mind. It was a pathetic joke. But things did seem to be calmer back then in the, well, this was the late 80s, early 90s. Well, 80s into the early 90s. Well, those days are gone. Everything now. There's there's no break. And I guess it's great for the, the Herb Tarlicks of the world. Oh, was that foreshadowing? Great for the Herb Tarlicks of the world and the sales department out there 
uh, pushing ads because, well, uh, there's always a reason to keep eyes on screens and plenty of plenty of clickbait out there to keep people um, done to a tender turn. Nonetheless, <laughs> well, we've got. Goofy old coot Senator Chuck Grassley of Iowa, who, as Sister Carol Baker once told us, ate her dinner off her plate back when he was a much younger man at Girls Girls State or Girls Nation. Marcy sakes, Carol. She said it was nothing if not gross and disgusting. Uh, Grassley is 90 years old, casting no aspersions on nonagenarians. You kind of wish it, and, well, I don't know. And, again, Iowa contingent, please don't get mad at me. But if you were 90 years old and had lived a long time in D.C., in fairly nice digs, one presumes, Would you really want to retire and go back to your <clears throat> farm <clears throat> in Iowa, never to return to uh, Sodom on the Potomac? He bragged. I'm not kidding. He bragged uh, about how today he's spending time cleaning house before the Thanksgiving holiday tomorrow and talked about how awesome his Hoover heavy-duty Concept 2 with power drive vacuum cleaner is. He even gave a name to his 45-year-old Hoover heavy-duty Concept 2 with power drive vacuum cleaner. The vacuum cleaner is named Beth. Uh, Grassley is now the oldest member of the Senate. He's eight eight years older than any other member of the Senate. Grassley to Beth. Sunday we have HB, our Easter family gathering. Are you ready to roll? Beth to Grassley. Ready 10-4. Beth is my old faithful vacuum cleaner. Thanksgiving has arrived. Wait a minute. Need my Grandpa Simpson voice for you. Thanksgiving has arrived. Getting started early. Got faithful Beth out. Have HB. To take easy with faithful Beth. Been informed it's too old to get repairs. With a little care, I expect faithful Beth to clean Grassley home for a few more years. Faithful Beth has about three hours of cleaning to get ready for 25 to 30 Grassley family and 
52 to 100 feral hogs. No, I added the feral hogs part. To gather Christmas celebration. Uh, Chuck, tomorrow's Thanksgiving, honey. Beth, it's Easter. You and I have to work hard to get this farmhouse ready for the Grassley gathering on Sunday. Okay, that was April. The other one, okay, the Christmas celebration was December 25th of 2022. So at least he's oriented as to time and place, person, man, woman, camera, TV. <sighs> Retire. Retire, Chuck. Chuck, please. And, of course, as soon as he put that up uh, on the website formerly known as Twitter, <laughs> that's a vacuum. Talk about May and December. That's a vacuum cleaner half his age. Uh, one, uh, oh, maybe it's maybe it's somebody from uh, my alma mater. WVU-185 said, that vacuum's too old to be in the Senate. Now imagine the operator. Another one saying, you're going to make someone a good wife someday, Chuck. Well, at least we still got some good old-fashioned down-home, uh, down, down-home country humor. In the Senate, dear. Okay, need some Upper Midwest help. Uh, is is hot dish just a thing in Minnesota, or can we expect some hot dish on the Grassley table there in Iowa? Oh, by the way, ABC News now reporting, Rainbow Bridge, no evidence crash explosion was terrorist attack, Governor Kathy Hochul of New York says. Don't tell Emory and Marveline. <laughs> hey, Reverbo. Okay, Midnight Toker, that's enough of that. I'm old, leave me alone. Herb Tarlick. Rivarbo says, "Here you go again. How many how many listeners besides me laugh at this? I, I think I I think I think more than you might imagine. Herb Tarlick is eponymous. Wearing that word out this evening. Herb Tarlick is is the very definition. I mean, it's what made WKRP so great." The characters drawn there really were, if not ripped from the headlines, ripped from the, I don't know, the staff ledger. At Because if you ever worked in a small-time radio station, every one of those archetypes was present. 
I'm not kidding. Uh, Steve in New York says, Grassley, don't tell me. He wears an onion on his belt. Which was the fashion at the time? Of course he does. Uh, Steve adding, the Halkin days. Remember when we used to make fun of the Soviet Politburo because of how ancient they were? I know. I know. Uh, hello and happy Thanksgiving, Steve adds. United said it would have Wi-Fi on the flight when I bought my ticket. Of course, once I got on the flight, they said no dice. So, no Internet on the flight. Online, now that I've landed. I'm late, and I'm sorry, because I know the service already started. It's okay. Just walk quietly into the into the back of the sanctuary. and uh, You know, you are an usher and everything, but the ushering has been accomplished. The ushering is done. Just have a seat on the back row. You'll be fine. All is forgiven. Teach you to fly United. <laughs> oh my God, Ken. In Northwest PA. Uh, subject line, Grassley. Beth was the name of the slave girl he owned. <sighs> or maybe his grandpappies. See, he's 90. That means he was born in 1933. You know, his ancestors may have, uh, maybe his grandfather may have marched off to save the Republic in one of those divisions from Iowa who walked all the way to places like Shiloh and Vicksburg. There's an Iowa monument at Vicksburg. Or at uh, Shiloh, I should say. And every time I looked at those, Minnesota, Wisconsin, Iowa, Illinois, I always, I always thought, what must those young men have felt? Going from the upper Midwest to the brutal, brutal South. Maybe Grassley's granddaddy was a Republican, because Republicans back then were the liberals. That's a lesson that was forgotten in the flip-flop. Uh, Randy Radar says, I'll be listening to my favorite folk station tomorrow at noon to listen to Arlo Guthrie's Alice's Restaurant. Remember, this was a song about Alice. So it must have been, this is a story of the, um, word, of the, of the, of the power, the staying power of lies and bad ideas. It comes to us from C-SPAN, of course, Washington Journal, in which 
callers hearkening back. You might recall we uh, named Louis Asparagus Gomert of the 1st Congressional District of Texas, Louis Asparagus Gomert, because he said, don't cast aspersions on my asparagus. But he was also famous, or infamous, for his assertion that his hard-working constituents, Republican constituents there in the 1st Congressional District of Texas, were heartbroken to be standing in line at the grocery store with a jug of milk and a loaf of Wonder Bread down to the HEB and... And, 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 a, and a package, a package of, of manager special hamburger and some beans. While up in front of them was a, was a, was a welfare mama who had done plum loaded up her, her, her buggy with Alaskan king crab legs. And how disheartening it was for that good, hard working, working class American. To sit there and look at that lazy ass woman just spending all her time on her back, either having the sexy time or squeezing out babies so she could get more welfare money. Sorry, I've moved into the Appalachian accent, haven't I? And how it, how it just broke his hard working heart. To struggle just to buy, just to, just to, just to buy beans and hamburger and milk and bread and all them Alaskan king crab legs there just every day, day in and day out, because that's how it is with welfare. Remember that? Because I do. Well, the idea, the, the, the idea continues. It beats in the hearts of the mouth-walking, knuckle-breathing maggots who spend all their time in grievance. And so there we were on Washington Journal just this morning. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're saying vouchers... For the food stamps. Yeah. Uh, so just hold on. So we know the topic was food insecurity and childhood hunger in the United States. Interestingly, it was not Republican versus Democrat versus Independent line. It was Eastern and Central time zone. And... Uh, Mountain and Pacific time zone, and then there was a separate number for text messages. Because at least in theory, children being able to eat food and not be hungry in this country should be, ain't, as we'll find out, a bipartisan issue. Oh, C-SPAN, what were you thinking? I swear sometimes this is on purpose. Oh, okay. <laughs> so you're saying vouchers for the food stamps? Yeah, for the food stamps. 
because, you know, I have some friends that do, you know, on food stamps. I know a lot of people on food stamps. But when they go out and they buy groceries, they're getting, like, steak and, and you know, all this fish and expensive and name-brand food. All of this fish and name-brand food. They're not just buying something in a white package with black lettering that says meat. And, and me, I make under 30000 You know, with the, the, the minimal amount of administration that's, that's overseeing these programs, I, I realize that's a small percentage, but I think maybe they need to increase it and get some, maybe some auditors out here because I've worked in low poverty, uh, low income housing for areas for years here in the Washington metro area. And I'm telling you, there's so much fraud going on with SNAP. I mean, they're buying steaks and Red Bull drinks, and the kids are crying. I'm guessing Red Bull, I don't know. I don't know anything about SNAP, but energy drinks qualify on SNAP? But that's the thing. When, when, When some maggot... Starts barking about, they're eating steaks. And Randy Radar uh, says, and she loaded those Alaskan king crab legs into her Cadillac. Cadillac my ass, Randy. It was a Bentley. Probably why it exploded. People have the right, even if they're poor people, to make mistakes at the grocery store. Now, I am a hardcore reader of labels and searcher of bargains. Yeah, Washington. That's right, Ralph's Washington. Uh, this caller is from Maryland. I mean, when, you're, when, you're, when your food stamps reload, that might look like a bit of money if you've got some kids. But it doesn't last long. And I have yet to see anybody pushing a buggy full of Wagyu beef filet mignon or ribeyes uh, around, uh, you know, around the wiggle and peg. But this is a myth that lives in perpetuity inside right-wing minds because it has been hammered there over the course of generations by blathering assholes like the now-fat-dead Rush Limbaugh. Then uh, I really think that there's, there's no auditing going on. Lonnie in Salisbury, North Carolina. Good morning. Uh, good morning, and happy Thanksgiving to everyone. Uh, please just give me a little time. I've been hearing a lot of people talking about fraudulent and food stamps and people buying steaks. These some jealous people, or these some, I don't understand that, but, but listen to me. In my neighborhood, they got a red line. It's only but a certain height that you can get in my neighborhood because they red line is for me to fail. Then they, they flood my neighborhood with all types of drugs. And I'm not a racist person, but majority of time, it's got to be a white man that has something to do with it. Then they flood my neighborhood with weapons, easy access to my children. But then they're going to call and say, hey, they eating steaks. Why they are saying, 
auditing people with food stamps, but they're so afraid to audit the people who got a lot of money. These are where we find the fraud. We got one in Congress right now for stealing unemployment <laughs> benefits, and then you got one that's in the courts right now, right now, for fraudulent uh, real estate. So tell me why we don't go and get the IRS, and then Preach. we don't have to worry about those SNAP program or food stamps when we get the people who doing it. This is ridiculous of what they say, altering people. And that policeman who said he saw people selling stakes out the house, he didn't tell us if they was convicted or not for fraudulent activity, or did he buy himself some? Hey, oh. Thank you so much, Steve. Somebody got told. Preach, preacher. Uh, Lou in PA says, I looked into it uh, six years ago, and SNAP was less than $6 a day. Oh, I think it's even less than that. And anytime you, any, any, anytime you, you talk about this issue of especially childhood food insecurity, otherwise known as hunger... You have to talk about what actually happens. Yeah, children living on ramen, which you know, uh, ramen once in a while. I, it's not. It's 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 not. It's it's empty calories. It's garbage nutrition. But the other thing you have to talk about is my soon-to-be-not-senior senator from West Virginia, Joe to the mansion born. Who, and this had to do with the, this had to do with the uh, pandemic and the Biden administration's attempt to provide relief therefrom. Well, for a little while, we actually managed to pull more children out of out of hunger, food insecurity, than any time in the last hundred years or more in this country. It was a brief and shining moment, and it wasn't just children. It was it, it, it was our seniors as well. It was working people. Everybody was able to actually eat decent food for a few days a month. But then when the bill came back around, Joe to the mansion born, who was deriving no benefit whatsoever from the programs, and remember that the first law of mansions, as enunciated by moi, your humble hostess, is that no one named Mansion ever does anything that doesn't benefit someone named Mansion. So, children and elderly people and working working families had to be stomped back down into hunger because they might be enjoying the food too much, and God knows they weren't appreciating it, and they weren't grateful, and they weren't kissing Joe Mansion's hairy toe. And so he is more responsible than any other individual in the United States for children who go to bed hungry in this country. Period.
And Stephen New York simply observing, of course it's white people complaining about the stakes. Uh, of course. So I should probably note at uh, here uh, three quarters of the way through the second hour of the program, we've got twenty-five dollars to go to go to finish with our uh, kind internet anonymous friends Thanksgiving doubling challenge. Twenty-five dollars to go. Twenty-five will turn into fifty um, if uh, if someone is so inclined. And uh, well. Bill paying is going to be a humongous damn challenge. Getting through, uh, get getting through the billing period here. Like I said, internet goes off on Saturday. Sorry, that's just how the way how things work out. And phones will go, and maybe power too, because we struggle here. Because again, this is not an effort to get you to buy gold now or order up some Snapple or uh, get yourself a reverse mortgage. This is real radio by real working people. And this is survival, not thrival. This is subsistence, not capitalism. So any help is really, really, and truly great help. Uh, and if you'd like to like to get involved, uh, have, have you got, got something you'd like to say on the program? Well, uh, you can reach me via Skype. Robin R O B Y N Kincaid Horn K I N C A I D H O R N. You can also get into the program at 304-574-8178. And the stress line, someone's there, I'm going there in a moment, but the stress line is 844-843-4676, 844-THE-HORN. And it would be great on this Thanksgiving Eve to have a little rollicking conversation. I think that would be fine as frog's hair. Thank you, Ralphs. And to the stress line. Hey, welcome to the program. Hello, Robin. It's Ken. Ken. It's been a while. How are you, Ken? Yeah. Uh, not well. Not oh. particularly well. What's yeah, wrong? It's uh, not why I call them, because we're going to keep you on the air. And uh, I'm going to meet the $25 challenge, and my birthday is coming up on the 2nd. Of December, so I'm gonna I'm gonna make it a hundred dollars total. Oh, Ken, are you okay? Yeah. I mean, are you sure? Oh yeah, I'm sure. Okay, thank you. I'm positive. I want to do it. I haven't been able to give lately, and uh, it's Christmas time, I guess. Oh. It's whatever that means. I mean, I don't even know how to. I don't even know how to tell when the season is anymore because when the Christmas stuff comes out on the shelves before Halloween's over. Yeah, I I don't even pay attention really. I don't decorate it. Whatever. That's for other people to do. You want to waste your money? Go ahead. 
not my business. And I wish they'd stay out of hell out of mine or yours. Yeah, I, I, you know what? You know, no. I don't think your uterus. Oh, well, you don't have a uterus. I don't have one. I don't have one of those. But. <laughs> okay. Yeah, well, I, I don't either. That, I got the road that leads to it. Yeah. The construction I know women that yet. do. And <laughs> yeah, well, the same. Like my daughters and my daughter-in-law. Yeah, oh, my daughter. Yeah. And my ex. Oh, I get to look forward to going to see my ex's family. Um, well, we've been separated for uh, quite a long time, and I went last year, and that was really awkward. And my daughter wants me to go. She wants me to try to, you know, make up with mom. So I got to do, do that. Um, and then I get to spend more time with uh, relatives that I don't like. Even better. Rabid right-wing freaking, uh, I don't know, they're fashy. They've always been. Uh-huh. You know, like my cousin, we always get these stories around Thanksgiving. You know, like, yeah, you gotta just I keep my mouth shut. Um, what was funny, one older lady, uh, with her friend of the family, and we were talking, and we like, oh, you're a liberal, aren't you? And she, like, stared at me. And for, like, a microsecond, I thought about it. I just started laughing. And everybody else did because it's pretty obvious. I don't, I don't hide my light. But uh, you know, I'm not arguing that. Enough. I, I hate conflict. I get that. I do. So I just, you know, they're not gonna change. Like Rubro said. Just let the bus pass them by. Because they ain't getting on. So how are you? <laughs> yeah. yeah, all things being equal, how was the play, Mrs. Lincoln? Uh, I'm okay. I'm okay. I'm okay. Um, it's, you know, we're kind of just sort of muddling through the holiday season simply because, know. you know, yeah, I've been, I've been, I've been advising Ferg uh, down in Tennessee on his dinner and uh, talking to my youngest mm-hmm. out in New Mexico about hers. And I was talking to Annette earlier today and I was like, yeah, I'm sorry. I know our, I know our, I know our holiday meals were chaotic, but they sure were fun. They sure were fun. Because right. I was, and I'm, well, not, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not talking about the food. I always bit off more than I could chew, and yeah. I had a hard time getting everything ready all at once. Yeah, and sure, right? it, it, it's chaotic because everything was happening in one kitchen, and there was one oven, and one stovetop, and one microwave, and well, yeah. Year. I'm, I'm really glad I don't have to cook this year. I don't have to do anything. You know, since my mom died, she always liked to 
the Thanksgiving dinner, so you know, I had to do that. And we had like a big giant turkey for two of us and last the freaking year. I'm like, I I goddamn hate turkey now. <laughs> oh no, see that's why that's why we we only yeah. we, we generally at, no, at least in its, at least in its whole roasted form we do it once or twice a year. It's like yeah. every year uh, after Thanksgiving or Christmas, we all look at each other and go, God bless America, why don't we have dressing more often? And when I say dressing, please understand, I am a total bitch oh, about yeah. it. I'm an absolute snob. Stovetop does not count. If it comes in a plastic no, bag it and it says stuffing mix, it does not count. No, I know, I, I agree. I, I, have the, I have the warmest and fondest memories of being little and going into my mama's kitchen, and she'd hand me a pan of biscuits and say, start tearing these up into the bowl. And mm. she'd hand me the cornbread and said, tear this up into the bowl. Now, I was weird, and I couldn't stand loaf bread. It was a texture and a smell thing. So she would tear up the okay. bread. But then, you know, I didn't get to play with the knives early on. Eventually I would, but, you know, she'd be mincing the onions and mincing. And the the most wonderful dressings are the ones where she would splurge and cut up a can of oysters into the dressing. Because that was, tr- okay. that, was that was true decadence. And oysters only oysters only showed up here uh between Thanksgiving and Christmas, because otherwise, you know, well, they had to be shipped and, you know, packed in ice and everything. And the, winter, and, the, and the winters were the winters were colder. I heard you say that, that those two filthy words. You need not say them again. Um, okay. But you know, oysters were a delicacy for this time of year. Okay. And so oyster dressing. Um, I was talking with Brother Deacon Asa earlier today. He's entertaining the notion of putting chestnuts, roasted roasted and or boiled chestnuts, into his. Interesting. Uh, chestnut chestnuts in dressing is a is a big deal. Hmm. I've never even heard of it, so I'd I'd try it. Oh, uh, sausage! Yeah, sausage. I mean, I've I've made dressing and put kaneka in it. You know my, you know my kaneka problem. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. I'm not a big sausage fan, so. Oh, and, but and, you love it, so that's. I do. I do. I love like, that you love it. So. That's like the, the the red beans and rice for uh, Friendsgiving on Monday, was just so smoky and good. Oh, oh, heavenly, just heavenly. But. I did all that cooking just because there's not going to be a lot to do tomorrow. But Annette and I have decided we're we are going to uh, we're going to put the world's smallest turkey breast. And I'm not kidding. This thing is tiny. Uh, I, I think uh, I, I think you could probably break a cup. You could break the uh, yes. It's an A cup. Yes, yes, Ken. You said that, didn't you? Uh, yeah, I did. <laughs> God, Gnar. Do you hear? Do you hear how? Do you hear how weary that cowbell is? It's almost inaudible. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, we're going to put that in the crock pot, <laughs> and we're going to roast a couple of white sweet potatoes, and because they were just so much, big, pretty, oh, yummy. Uh, 
and uh, do the mashed potatoes and make the dressing, and it should be fun. And it'll be just us. Sounds sounds great. Sounds great. You know, we used to stuff the bird. So I was still doing that, and I know. See, I'm going to bring up another unpopular subject. I like doing that. Kind of like Steve. That's okay. <laughs> uh, I, yeah, well, you still like it. I guess with the cats and your things, but I, I can understand why you wouldn't. Yeah, but that's the way my, my mom always did it. Presumably her, her mom. And that's the way I learned how to do it. Little uh, butt-naked two-year-old kid standing in the kitchen helping mom. <laughs> because, hey, food. <laughs> Learn how to cook. Well, that's 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 that's, 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 where I, that's where I first got my love of cooking was uh, work, working with my right. mama in her kitchen. Right. And so now, now basically I'm alone. Once my mom gone, like it's hard to cook for yourself. Uh, you get kind of unmotivated. I, well, at least I do. And I probably shouldn't, you know, shouldn't be that way. Maybe it should be more adventurous. But then again, uh, you can't get, afford to get extravagant if you hate it. You know, say you spent, you know, 15 bucks on a, you know, good dinner, and then you hate it. And it's like, oh, well, shit. <laughs> now I can eat ramen for next week. <laughs> I'm not that bad off, but. I kind of embellish stories a little bit. Well, that's what Sometimes. makes that's what makes stories better, right? So, holy crap! What a um, nice, crazy news! I can't wait for hope. Uh, uh, let you and him fight. I want the Republicans to. Uh, Play each other, but it's all kabuki, isn't it? It's all kabuki. They just want to shut down the government anyway. Ken, I don't know that it is all uh, no theater or kabuki. (laughs) I don't think Jack Smith would be doing what he's doing if this was all. No, not Jack Smith, but as far as the Congress traders go. that is maybe. Well, I mean, it, it would no. Okay. Um, okay. Over on the Republican side, what they're doing is pleasing their base. They know that they come from deeply yeah. gerrymandered districts, so they don't have to worry about there yeah. being any normal people. The only the only mm-hmm. members of the Republican majority who have to worry about normal people at all are the so-called Biden eighteen. The eighteen Republicans who are in districts that Joe Biden won, but they somehow managed to survive. Mm-hmm. That's it. Well, close gerrymandering. The rest of them are fundamentally unbeatable. Right. 
Where he was a Mark Wayne, oh, you know, like plus three district or something. Well, Mark and, Wayne. well, Mark Mark Wayne is a senator. He used to be a member of the House. Yeah, it was it was when he was a member of the House that he learned about what a uh, what a what a filthy fuck boy Matt it just Gates worse is. Hmm. And when he'd talk about what a hot little piece of tail that Christy Nome was, and Mark Wayne Mullen got all upset because <laughs> uh, because Christy Nome's a good Christian woman, uh, as proven by the fact that she was banging the lights out of um, you know, former Trump advisor Corey Lewandowski and her. Good wow. Christian, one man, one one woe man, upstanding family values, Christian marriage husband had done moved out of the South Dakota stand uh, governor's mansion two years before. But yes, Mark Wayne is a uh, Mark Wayne is a, uh, a, a a senator, although he forgot it for a little while Ooh. last week and had to be reminded by Bernie Sanders. I'll tell you, he's he's done talk. Tough some bitch. Yeah, I tell you what, he's he, ready to fight. He so took on that yeah, he was communist yeah, he was labor union motherfucker. Yeah, I, I tell you what, I knew he was serious when he stood up and he, 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 he set to taking off his pinky rings. Well, gee, where I come from, we leave the ring on, but uh, I suit still. I know. Crazy motherfuckers. So it's not it's not all kabuki, so I'll continue with that thread. Why not? Well what we what what we have to do is rather than being cynical about the process, we have to we have to work to get the ha- Oh dear, this is this is difficult. We have to work to get the house back. We've actually got a meaningful chance to get the house back because, among other things, uh, those to- those those toxic maggots from those New York districts who should not have been there in the first place, except for the fact that the Democrats in New York screwed themselves, their state, and their nation by being too cute with by half with their redistricting. Well, those New York Republicans, a lot of their money has dried up because they were being propped up by money from then-Speaker Craven McCarthy. And that money is no longer there. Yeah, but you want the Democrats to run races where they might lose? Come on. No, I I want the Democrats to run races where they can win. I know. I agree with you, but, but they I also, don't. But I, but I also need. Uh, hopefully, I also, they do. I also need brave Democrats to be running uh, against Lauren Bobblehead Boobert and Marginal Trailer Queen. Although that is a, a, a Ken, that's a that's a that's a matter of, as George W. Bush put it, strategery. Because sometimes there's value in having a nut job in the the the, the Republican caucus. Okay. Mm-hmm. Because the extremists, you can paint them as the face of the base, ordinary, everyday, run-of-the-mill Republican Party, which Marginal Trailer Queen is. Mm-hmm. Which Lauren Bobblehead Boobert is. 
which Scott Perry is, which Andy Biggs is, which Ralph Norman is, and Paul Gosar, the demon dentist of the desert, is. You know, you said I hate conflict. Jimmy in the great Northwest said, I enjoy a good conversation, but I hate conflict indubitably, especially with family. Well, you know, when they stop speaking to you altogether, that cuts out all the conflict. Um, and, yep. uh, uh, women standing, jumping in, uh, love, love to all in the community. So that gets us down to um, 12.25. And lo and behold, an anonymous friend, our, our kind anonymous Internet friend, came through on his matching challenge once it was matched. And that's how we got down to 12.25. And then he did a uh, have a show on me. So we're down to 9.25. Oh we're down to 9.25. Praise Jesus. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Um, I don't know. Maybe we're on the way to a little turkey drop, WKRP turkey drop miracle. Who knows? (laughs) What? I mean, I've got it. I thought they could fly. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Oh, and I got a note from, uh, I got a note from Theo. Subject line. Steaks and lobster on welfare, food stamps, yeah, right, sure. Hey, uh, hey, Theo. This horse manure infuriates me, as do few other tropes of poverty, because for a while, my late partner Gail and I were on Washington State's WIC program, the equivalent of SNAP programs in other states. There was a specific set of guidelines on what was and wasn't permitted, and the monthly total wasn't a lot. We managed, going on Social Security ultimately saved us both, as well as my serving as her home caregiver. But I don't know how poor people with growing kids managed. I truly don't. Let's see. Five letters, Theo. I'm not kidding. Ramen. R-A-M-E-N. And I'm not talking about the fancy ramen with the flavor packets, either. The flavor boost packets. I'm talking about the bricks of Maruchan. Last words better than bullion. Well, better than better than bullion is always in the fridge. I had, I had some. I had, yeah. to, I had some. I had to try to get like open it. the other day. It's so cold, and you know it can be a little. Mm. And the lid was just in. So I had to, I had to set that in a, a, a basin of uh, hot water until it loosened up enough that I could get into it and get oh, the bullion boy. out. Yeah. By the way, Randy Radar says, uh, I got two Marie Calendar turkey with stuffing frozen dinners in my freezer for tomorrow, and if others are living alone, I suggest they do the same. Mar- that, you know, that calendar woman uh, does seem to be able to cook, and uh, Randy suggests get some cranberry sauce to go with that. And yet the cranberry sauce is a once-a-year thing. I don't know how – well, they sell juice too, but if you had to live on nothing but uh, uh, your cranberry sauce sales, Ocean Spray would not be able – uh, to remain a going concern. Yeah, I'm not too much of a fan of cranberry sauce. I usually like it with my vodka. I could swear I have seen it. Uh, I've seen it in a uh, sugar-free form, but I couldn't find it this year. Yeah. 
so I'm just going to have to do a couple of extra rails of uh, metformin before dinner. Trump's going to go to jail. Please tell me. I, I, well, if he doesn't die first. I mean, I think that's, yeah. that's a distinct hopefully, possibility. Hopefully Todd's right. Uh, you know, I'm betting on Todd. If this guy's, um, he's losing grip on reality. But uh, uh, I consume a lot of media, and all I hear is, like, you know, Trump did this, Trump did that, but Boy, aren't we forgetting 30 years of freaking right-wing, uh, uh, work? They did the work. Look, they're, they're not dumb. The rubes are dumb, but those people aren't. They figured they had a problem and they figured out how to solve the problem. At least for now. Uh, Boy, uh, you know, Steve Bannon, when, when did he come in Trump's life, right? Because if he didn't want to be, Trump didn't want to be president, but Bannon was there coaxing him because Bannon was playing Trump. I, I, he's an idiot, but I don't think, you know, he's not stupid. I, I, don't, I hate I hate that kind of framing where everybody's dumb. No, they're not. They're misguided. Uh, they're confused, and they don't want to relinquish. They don't want to be wrong. Most people on on the base, but the the leaders, the money. That's why we cannot well, that, have the, 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 leader, the leaders. The leaders and the billionaires cannot exist. Yeah, well, it'd be great, but Absolutely. The, the leaders know that it. I mean, the leaders are all P.T. Barnum, okay, Ken? They, yeah. They they know yeah. that they know Don't that they're just they're, they're just running a this way to the egress grift. Yeah. Well, you taught me that, Robin. But the rubes, the rubes keep. God damn it! I keep paying the nickel, and I ain't seen the egress yet. You know, I hear they're about ten feet tall. Them egresses. <laughs> Jeez. What do they think they were getting laid? I don't know. We were we were driving. Uh, Annette and I were driving one of the back roads home uh, this afternoon, coming back from Kroger's, filling scripts, and uh, passed by a nice house on the back road, pretty place. And out on his his barn or his shed or whatever his 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 man cave or whatever uh, was mm-hmm. a great big banner. That read, "Let's go, Brandon." Boy. <laughs> and in the moment when you see that, there, 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 there are certain synapses that fire, in which you realize the extent to which that individual had to go to obtain a "Let's go, Brandon" flag for his barn. On a back road in West Virginia, that very few people are gonna are gonna pass and see it. Then you have to take into account that he still got it up there, even though Brandon got turned into Dark Brandon, which is 
a hilarious take on a stupid bit of maggotry. And it's still up. Long since Let's Go Brandon stopped being even pop culturally relevant. You know, Dan and I talked about the value of pop culture last night. And... Kind of like buying fireworks. You mean you mean trading your money for money you can set fire to? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. And, and terrify the neighbors' uh, puppies and kitties and birds. And, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I sometimes I feel sorry for them. Sometimes I don't. So that's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, well, uh, stand by here because I have the WKRP turkey drop queued up for us. So okay. You might as well hang around and enjoy it. Okay. I, I love this so much. All right, fellow babies, and now it's time to go to our live remote man on the scene at the Pinedale Shopping Mall for the big WKRP turkey giveaway. So take it away, Les Nessman. This is Les Nesman, your man on the scene here at the Pinedale Shopping Center, where the excitement is mounting. We're here to witness the big WKRP turkey Thanksgiving giveaway. Hey, you got permission to be out here? What? You're blocking my store here, buddy. Don't you know who I am? I'm Les Nesman. I won the Buckeye Newshawk Award last year. Good for you, Buckeye. Now get out of my doorway. I'm sorry. Creep. So far, so good, huh? I'm here with hundreds of people who have gathered to witness what has been described as perhaps the greatest turkey event in Thanksgiving Day history. All we know for sure is that in a very few moments, there are going to be a lot of happy people out here. Now, the crowd is... The, the crowd is... Uh, Curious, but well behaved. And I think I hear something now. Uh, the crowd is moving out into the parking area. And oh yes, I can see it now. It's a it's a helicopter. And it's coming this way. A helicopter. It's flying something behind it. I can't quite make it out. It's a large banner, and it says, uh, "Happy Thanks." <laughs> W-K-R-P. What a sight, ladies and gentlemen, what a sight. The copter seems to be circling the parking area now. I guess it's looking for a place to land. No, something just came out of the back of the helicopter. It's uh, a dark object. Uh, perhaps a skydiver plumbing to the earth from only 2,000 feet into the air. No parachutes yet. Happy skydivers. I can't tell just yet what they are, but oh my God, they're talking! Oh, Johnny, can you get this? Oh, they're crashing to the earth right in front of my eyes. Why just went to the windshield of a parked car? Running around, pushing each other. Oh my goodness! Oh, the humanity! Turkeys are hitting the ground like sacks of wet cement. I don't know how much longer the, the crowd is running for their lives. I think I'm going to step inside. I can't stay out here and watch this anymore. No, I can't go in there. Children are searching for their mothers and, oh, not since the Hindenburg tragedy. 
tragedy has there been anything like this. I don't know how much longer I can hold my position here, Johnny. The crowd... Lass, are you there? Lass isn't there. <clears throat> Thanks for that on-the-spot report, Lass. Just tuned in. The Pinedale Shopping Mall has just been bombed with live turkey. Film at 11. Well, Mr. Colley, a lot of turkeys don't make it through Thanksgiving. Yes, yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you very much. Yes. Uh, goodbye. That was the Humane Society. They sounded pretty upset. <laughs> Big guy and Herb Tarlick walking in covered in feathers. It should have worked. Can I help you? No, no, I'm, I'm fine. Hey, Mr. Carlson. What's it like to ride in a helicopter? A lot of fun. Mr. Carlson, could I get you a cup of coffee? What? Uh, no, thank you, Jennifer. You agreed? Huh? <laughs> Sir, it was the most unusual promotion idea I ever heard of. Never been anything else like it. No, no, I don't, don't suppose it has. <laughs> I thought it would work. I planned this thing right down to the last detail. It was perfect. Where'd you get those birds? <laughs> Are you okay? I don't know. A man and his two children tried to kill me. After the turkeys hit the pavement, the crowd kind of scattered, but some of them tried to attack me. I had to jam myself into a phone booth. Then Mr. Carlson had the helicopter land in the middle of the parking lot. I guess he thought he could save the day by turning the rest of the turkeys loose. It's pretty strange after that. Oh, yeah, right. Now, Les, come on now, tell us the rest. I really don't know how to describe it. It was like the turkeys mounted a counterattack. It was almost as if they were organized. As God is my witness, I thought turkeys could fly. Classic. Just classic. I, I don't think it'll ever be... I, I, I don't think it'll ever be uh, surpassed unless... And I'm looking here for it. Uh, because this is underappreciated. The old Bob Newhart show. When Suzanne Plachette was away, and that meant that Bob and Jerry and the guys were left to their own devices and wound up getting loaded for Thanksgiving and then tried to order Chinese. Why don't we send out for some Chinese? 
good. I haven't heard that in ages. How about you, Ken? I'm still here. Yeah, I, said, I haven't heard Kitty. that. That one just, I was, I just, I was reminded of that just recently, that that's also among the Thanksgiving greats. The Mugu, the order for the, <laughs> Morgo! I love it. Yeah, that's funny. Well, Ken, uh, I hope you. I hope you have a little bit older. Hey, wait. Uh, yeah. uh, one second. Um, I get the uh, local Chinese. I get takeout. Uh, I like the uh, hot and sour soup. And oh. They have uh, tom yum. Oh, I'm a big fan. you talk about it. What's that like? Is it super hot? Or is it, uh, it depends? It, it depends on how they it, make it. It probably isn't there. It depends on how they yeah. make it and how you order it. It's just tangy and chili and lemongrass and ginger and wonderful vegetables. And you know, I'm lucky because when I because when I order it, I order it from my friend. And when I when I'm done, she'll yeah, right. She'll right. Message I know me. extra hot. Yeah, like she'll she'll, she'll message. Yeah, yeah, she'll message me back and say tie hot. And I, yes, tie hot. And she said, mm-hmm. Robin, you're the only you're. The, you're the only white person I know who can eat Thai hot. I said, well, I'm proud. <laughs> I can go, like, medium hot, but, yeah, you know, it's, it's all subjective, but, yeah, I was... Of course, uh, I can never... Okay, I can yeah, never, I can never I'm going to give it a shot. 
I can never get it uh, the way I. But uh, when we were down in Birmingham, there was a little uh, little Chinese place there that did delivery, and they made the mm. they made the best Szechuan beef because it had those little Szechuan peppercorns oh. in it that make your lips. Oh and yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Yeah, I'm thinking this. I'm just gonna get the, the next time I go there. I've been ordering stuff up, you know, picking stuff off the menu. But anyway, I, I know we want to uh, free the line for somebody else, and uh, uh, I'll contribute when I find my wallet, <laughs> and I'll be listening. And uh, I love you and the family. Um, Happy Thanksgivings and uh, all the best. Well, thank so you, Ken. we can be in touch again. Well, you, you know, you, you know the number and everything, so. Yeah, I do. Okay. So do not be a stranger, okay? I won't. All right. You take Didn't care. I? All right. Bye. It's always nice to have company when I'm running one of those clips. Um. And I had not heard the Mugu Gaipan episode in ages. But nothing compares with uh, nothing compares with the turkey drop. So again, thank you so much to our kind anonymous friend. Um, we are down to um, nine hundred bucks. That would be uh, today, yesterday. And last Friday. And working on a little bit of a, I don't know, turkey drop miracle. Uh, let's. Uh, somebody else is on the stress line. Let's keep going. No call screeners here, y'all. Hey, welcome to the program. Rockset. Hi, Jerry. Can you hear me? I hear you. <laughs> yeah, it's funny. Happy when, Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving to you, too. Or Thanksgiving Eve, as it were. Uh, we were at we were at Friendsgiving at Maggie's on Monday, and for some and usually they're playing like dance music videos and stuff out on the deck. But lo and behold, there it was. I heard those first, you know, just bare naked guitar chords and eh, 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 eh. and lo and behold, it was the police. And you know, and se- and several of the girls you know out what? on the deck turned to me. And I was like, oh, no. And all in unison at the same time, they screamed, Roxanne! i got to tell you something. i got to tell you something. Yeah? It seemed like the Robin name was a bridge. But the, as the young people say, Roxanne hits. It does. It's, uh, it's uh, instant neurological recognition. Well, I like Robin it. was always a, a, a negotiation mentally, if that makes any sense. Does that make any sense? Uh, it does. It does. Yeah, that's, for me, anyways. It, it um, makes it makes sense to me too um, because I mean, quite frankly, Jerry, um, long before I was Bob, I was Robin. Okay, and and I was okay. I, believe you. I was I was okay with it. I mean, it was my given name, uh, but it was always problematic for me. And so to finally choose a name of my own. That I that that absolutely felt comfortable to me. Yeah, that's that's Roxanne. Because it's a family. I'm smiling, you can't see that. And... It's a family. It's a family name. Um, 
And, is it? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's my. It's uh, my one of my great grandmother's middle names, and my other name is one of my great grandmother's first name. Uh, you know. And then I hung on to I hung on to Robin just. I just I hung on and just changed and changed the spelling. So R V R Kincaid. It was a bridge. And you're more you are more a Roxanne than a Robin. I play uh I don't know what that, that language is where you um it's kind of a, a cousin of uh amorphosized or something where somebody some people match their names, is what I'm saying. Yeah. But like sometimes somebody I, I play this game all the time, somebody will say uh, they're a Pat. I'm like, no, you're not. You're 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 Patrick. Definitely a Patrick. You are not Pat. Well, why do you say that? Because you're wearing black shoes and brown socks. You're a Pat. Well, there we Patrick go. Patrick would have socks on. <laughs> <laughs> Makes perfect sense to me. Uh, you know what? Um, I and I, and I've shared this in rooms. I, I I've always said that 300 years ago I'd be the worst alcoholic in the world. Because 300 years ago, the list of what you could choose from was really short. Um, but um, what they say in the rooms is also really good for neural atypicality. And um, I'm going through some heavy emotions, holiday-type emotions, and I'm really glad this program's here. I actually have anxiety over the uh, the money that's owed to the capitalist process. Nine thirty. I wish I was a, a random ass uh, billionaire like uh, the Ursia guy in uh, Indianapolis. I'm sure you read that, and I could just go nine hundred dollars. I have it under my under this coaster right here where I do my cocaine. Ursia is crazy. <laughs> right. Um, <laughs> yeah, no, I, I got the story. As a matter of fact, I got the Jim, I got the Jim Ursay story right here. Uh, he got pulled over for DUI because you know he was toddling around shit, you know, being a shit faced billionaire. Uh, shit faced. Yeah, he's it, the only billionaire I've ever heard driving around. Not so he's not driving, and he's driving around on the ride just cause. And uh, wow. And uh, let's see, Hello. just for in case anybody, this is the owner of the Colts, Jim Ursay. It happened in 2014. He told Bryant Gumble about it on uh, what is it, uh, Real Real Sports. Uh, at the time, uh, 2014, he was 55, so that makes him 64 now. Wow, Jerry, that hurt. Uh, he, I'm sorry, uh, I'm, he got I, pulled, I got a better microphone today. You do. He got pulled over in Carmel. Yeah, Cal- yeah. He got pulled over in Carmel, California, and the officers arresting this billionaire recovered. This is a quote from the police officers: "Recovered numerous prescription medication bottles containing pills, as well as wait for it, twenty nine thousand and twenty nine dollars in cash." He's <laughs> just riding around. Yeah, just you know, just out for a toddle, right? <laughs> On adventure. 
Maybe he was. I mean, look, look. There's there's a thing about maybe three or four, but still, there's a thing about billionaires, pills, and cash. Remember how fat dead uh, fat dead Rush Limbaugh would send his maid out with a Cuban cigar box full of cash, and she was to return with the same Cuban cigar box full of street uh, of street pills. Remember that? Yes. Here's for the. Here's for the dirty people. Come back with some some, some of their dirty business. Yes, I know. Oh. Yeah, <laughs> that was that was funny. Money's for the dirty people. And so, and so, hold on. Jim Ursay said that the arrest that arresting him was wrong. I just had hip surgery and had been in a car for 45 minutes and what? They asked me to walk the line. Are you kidding me? I can barely walk at all. Of course, his girlfriend at the time overdosed in his house. Never heard that part. And died. Of course, always. So, uh. Well, I've got the clip here, so let's do that, Jerry. Do you mind? No, absolutely. Come on, that's why we're here. Yeah. Play the clip, woman. Play the clip. Now, we, we kind of over-talked that, so I want to give him a chance to be absolutely clear on this. Uh, see, this was this was just another case of the man keeping a billionaire down. Okay. <laughs> Stand by. Here we go. I am prejudiced against because I'm a rich white billionaire. If I'm just a, the average guy down the block, they're not pulling me in. Of course that. Do you know what it's going to sound like if people hear you say they're prejudiced against a rich white billionaire? I don't billionaire? care what it sounds like. It's the truth. I don't, you know, Andre, I can give a damn what people think or anything sounds or sounds like. The truth is the truth. And I know that. You got that, Jerry? The truth is the truth. Yeah, they're, they're not going to pull over some re- regular white guy. But then again, how many regular white guys or any other shade of guy is going to be toddling around in a luxury car with multiple bottles of pain pills and $29,029? It's the $29 part that drives me bananas. It, was that the change back from buying all the pills? Are the dealers making the change now? Oh, yeah, absolutely, yeah. But the, the fact that he has his change, that's all you need to know about Jim Mercer, because most millionaires don't want the change back. So, I don't know, maybe that's how you get to a billionaire, you get change back. Wow, we're down. We're in a cul-de-sac here, aren't we? What I was going to say was that the Colts is one of the few football teams in, in, in America that are on franchises on roller skates. They moved which I think is abominable. So the fact that somebody actually called the station and said, no, we're going to arrest your mercy, he must have been schmiggity, okay? Seriously. Even as he's cleaning it up right there, he must have been vomity, schmiggity, trying to fight people, which is why he went to jail at all, because I've seen how they treat rich people, especially, you know, people with a couple of commas. And, And owning a football team, nobody wanted to take him to jail. You hear what I'm saying, Roxanne? Yeah, you got to work at it in that situation. Yeah, nobody, people would be like, can you call somebody, boppity boop? So the fact that he's like, you know, and sitting there with cash, wow, 
So no in Indianapolis would want to. I mean, they, they live and breathe football there. That's where you got Notre Dame, you got the Colts. And the Colts were worth his shit in Well, I mean, there's also, there, I mean, uh, for the people who are into self-abuse, there's also the Indiana Hoosiers football team. Wow. Don't forget. The fact that I forgot. I, I did. I totally forgot that there was another team. In Indiana. I don't think much about Indiana. Indiana, you know what? This is what I really called. Here's my point. I was in a situation today where I'm feeling feelings about today. And they're not great feelings. They're the type of feelings that in the past, in another life, people would have gotten really drunk and gotten all fighty or shot up the place or whatever. But instead, and I want to go ahead and thank Joe Biden for signing the uh, the Farm Bill extension, one of those little administrative bureaucratic things that go, go, you know governance does, and just keeps things going and uh, people get to live their lives as opposed to having everything becoming an ideological shit fight. Now, rant over. Um, I took a gummy that was well-labeled, as well as these things can be labeled, with the dosage and everything, because I knew exactly how deep I wanted to go into the woods. I knew there was a whole bunch of stuff that's just at the edge, and I haven't had a voice. So I took a gummy, went to one of those uh, room things, and all of a sudden, I was yelling out what the fuck was bothering me stuff that I didn't even want to deal with because uh, one of the synchronicities, the universe, they started, they were talking about the stuff I didn't want to deal with. I'm like, ah. so I came across town and I'm here and y'all, y'all are talking about the stuff I'm running away from. There you go. All right. There, there is some kind of order to the universe, whatever you want to call that. So I gave it a voice and as soon as I left, the gummy kicked in. It was at that whole pre-psychedelic anxiety stage, you know what I'm saying? Where you're feeling something, but nothing. Yeah, no, no, th- th- this is, this is kind of, that's kind of hilarious because of something you once did to me. Yeah, no, this was, this was, this was a little farther in the woods. You just, you just saw the, the, the no, this was, uh, I heard anyway. the, ham- I heard the hamster on the wheel at the center of the universe. <laughs> Don't you invalidate me. I thought no, I would- no, no, you, uh, you- I thought I, I was higher than I'd been since I was 14 years old, okay? I thought I, I, I was, I had to turn the light back on because I was afraid of what might happen if I forgot to breathe. Yeah. But here's my point, though. Gummies used to be a felony. True. And it turns out that sometimes they're medicine for what exactly ails you. Because at that point, I was like, you know, I haven't called into my, my, my real family, my digital family, but my real family, people who I know uh, from their first word, you know, people like Tracy and Todd and people who aren't here anymore or should be. <sighs> wow. It's our first Thanksgiving. Well, Mr. Scott. People you miss. You you went there too, huh? People you. I had to. Today's today's been kind of weird because, you know, you know, Jerry, how much effort and study he had expended in trying to understand what happened exactly 60 years ago today. If there was if there was something about the Kennedy assassination, Scott read it, studied it, looked at it from all angles. 
I was, you know. And he should. It, that it, part I, I, personally I know, aside. I know this is going to sound weird. Because I. But he should have seen this day. He should have been able to see this day. Did they admit that the mafia killed him? What happened today? Well, and no, I mean, it's, today's just the 60th anniversary. I'm talking about Scott has, for the last eight years, been a Thanksgiving tradition for me. It was kind of like he was at the table. In the banquet of our minds. Well, he's been, he's been, in, in, he's been, he's been on my mind and in my heart all damn day. Of course, there's not, there's, honestly, there's not hardly a day goes by that he isn't. It's a little weird for me because, I mean, it, we found out in early July. It's let's see, eleven. I said four months, and I'm still. I, I still see the phone light up, and I'm like, "Ooh, maybe that's Scott." Oh no, it isn't. Damn it! Oh, that's that. That's a terrible feeling. Yeah. That, oh, wow. Scott, call yeah, from the great I, I beyond. Once, I, I once had a scammer use my my mom's old number. You know how they you get the the random calls. Yeah. Use my mom's old number. I was so angry. Oh my god! I think I answered that. Yeah. I see. Yeah. And, and see. See. Jimmy just wrote <laughs> in and said. Jimmy just wrote in and said, "People we miss, still waiting to hear Scott's voice." Yeah. No. I'm. I'm. I'm completely. There's a part of me that believes that he. He's just. He's not gone. He's just been severely misunderstood. He has a hell of a story to tell us. I really. What is that? That. That's wow. Yeah. That he's going to call in and go, Robin, you wouldn't believe, and, and just we'll all have a chuckle, and it wasn't true because you know how people like Scott be gone. Yeah. So. Oh, by the point. way, by the way, Brian jumped. Yeah. Brian jumped in back to our Jim Ursay conversation. Brian jumped in and said, "Subject line: Rich guy arrested." This is good. Hold on. An average guy wouldn't have had the twenty nine dollars. <laughs> no, no, that would have stole that. <laughs> you thought? <laughs> I mean, I, I don't. I don't know the market. What? what how, how many, if any, uh, hydrocodones, or for the high pollutants, how many oxycodones? You know. You chew them up for the refreshing. Thirty bucks. So he could sixty dollars. Yeah. Because you know a, a friend of mine who unfortunately became addicted through no fault of his own said, "Yeah, after a while, you chew them up for the refreshing burst of flavor." Huh. You know, that's true. That, that kicks off a whole, I don't know. Um, you know, they've tried to, to Jimmy Carter, Joe Biden since the start, and it sucks. I think Joe Biden is the best president I've ever seen in my lifetime. Same. I mean, I, 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 tur I turn on the TV and, well, you know, the, Joe Biden's message isn't resonating with the American people. My first inclination, Jerry, is to ask, well, what the hell is wrong with the, the rest of the American people? Because 
I'm just a silly hillbilly girl. I get it. I see who he is. I see what he wants to be. If that, and, and again, we have to say the same thing we said with Barack Obama. If he had a non-dysfunctional Congress with which to work, this country could be forever transformed for the better. Am I wrong? Well, no, actually, I think we have to tip our hat to him right now with, with his infrastructure yeah. package because, because those motherfuckers couldn't pick a speaker of the house. So somehow he pulled that shit off. And, and, and I know the constitution of the house, when I'm by me, the consistency of the house changed since it passed, but damn it, they're dysfunctional. They're completely dysfunctional. They couldn't order pizza without breaking out into a storage fight. And he got shit done. And, and they want the guy who didn't, you know, remember how I always said, that we had some kind of strange cough back in 2019, even before COVID. China just admitted, yeah, August. And, I, and if I want to go deep and dark and, and scary, no, I think it was the, the, quote, bad vape cartridges. I think it was fucking in June, which goes back to this gummy I'm talking about, of 2019. Because it was bad vape cartridges, and ooh, you stoners, <laughs> Until all of a sudden, eight months later, everybody has this terrible cough. I think that was the first wave. I think COVID may have came from the vape cartridge, but from a worker who's working too hard. You know know I love you, but I think you're a little out there with that one. No, No, you don't remember what happened. They were saying it was counterfeit in June of 2019. Right. There was... Like 30 people went to the hospital because of some random respiratory illness, and nobody knew what the hell it was. Okay, yeah, so yeah, they yeah. Blamed. You're absolutely right. And, in fact, I remember at the beginning of it all, I hope I'm not telling tales out of school, but I remember, I remember uh, Steve saying that he was hearing weird shit out of Canada months before this happened. And, and it, it's not that long ago, you know what I mean? Yeah, but it's like forever ago. And I remember the the one thing that stands out in my mind is we knew that there was some shit going on when Darlene sent the video of the Chi- from the, from the Australian Broadcasting Corporation of the Chinese authorities fucking welding human beings into their homes. I saw a similar video on Reddit where it was Chinese people running like God. Okay, this is a little racist, but bear with me a second. You know the old Japanese movies where they all freak out with Godzilla's coming? Godzilla, yes, I do. Sorry. Accent. Yeah, no. Bad guy, but I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Everything freezes. <laughs> yeah, no, they finally come up. You know, I love Asian people. I hope to have an Asian wife. Put the word out there. Here's the point, though. Seriously. Um, they were doing the same thing in real life. And, and the threads I was reading were getting terrifying. They were going, you're like, what? What the hell? Why are those two words together? Well, see, uh, the, 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 time, the timeline that I remember, Jerry, is um, Darlene sending that video. And I remember running it the first time here, running it cold, because sometimes that's just how it plays out. You know, Darlene changed everything about what would become the COVID pandemic. For us, before anybody was really paying that much attention to it in the U.S., and I just remember going, 
is this real? Because I think if you went and you found the, uh, if you went and found the, uh, the, uh, the, the, the archive of that program, all the running this, I'm like, Darlene, is this real? Is this real? Is I mean, is this some sort of spoof? And then we dug and we dug and it's like, no, this is real. This is happening on this planet in China. And then the next thing after that. Then the next thing after that, China said there is no respiratory virus. That's the first thing that happened. No, uh, hold, no, no, hold, hold, hold on. I'm, I'm working for my timeline here. Good God, are you at a drag strip? No, I'm crossing uh, Hollywood Boulevard in Hollywood, Florida. I'm going to have a, a slushy thing. Oh, I wish I wish Florida was safe for me. I'd like to be warm. Uh, sorry. Florida's amazing right now. Not, Not for me. Florida's terrible. Don't come. Not for me. Uh, Florida's terrible. Don't come. Well, no, um, uh, the, Senate, the Supreme Court just told, told the Senate to get that out of that transit. So, we live another day. But he's still saying don't say gay. Now he's trying to say don't say gay. Which is well, no, okay, uh, just to, just to, just to get just to get back to where we were. Um, the next thing I remember is that story that just disappeared. I mean, we were we talked about it for weeks. Nobody else did. It was kind of like the Nimrata Haley Bonomo story, just gone. But we we actually went to the trouble of working out the timeline. And what we found out was that the medical in- intelligence service inside the Department of Defense briefed the White House and the Israelis about an emerging threat in China, and we played and, and we, we we played the you know back time it game. Every DJ knows how to back time. And we figured it out that Trump was briefed on this thing somewhere around thanks between November 16th and Thanksgiving 2019, and then he took that mysterious motorcade trip to Walter Reed. You remember all this? He took that mysterious motorcade trip to Walter Reed for a... <clears throat> Physical. Yep. The results of which were never fucking released. Let's look back to June 2019. Those, they blamed them on counterfeit weed cartridges. And the reason I bring that up, the only thing to let but was it, wasn't, that, wasn't that all just, wasn't that all just weird as shit? Because some a thirty year old died of some random respiratory virus that they attributed to counterfeit weed cartridges. So just throwing weed at it gave everybody the out to not investigate it any fucking further. That was my point. No, no, I, I get it, I get it, but I think the investigations did continue. I think the Chinese and I don't want to go over into paranoid conspiracy land. But I think that you know the, the 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 Chinese government did try to keep it under wraps because they were dealing with Nero, whereas before when SARS-CoV-1 came out, 
it was the Obama administration who were like, okay, let's stop this. We don't want anything awful to happen to you. Let's not have anything awful happen to anybody. And it was contained, and it didn't go ape shit. And that was like 2000, what, nine? Something like that. And the, and, and, and the paranoids took the fact that we had observers on the ground in China. It was a lab leak. You know, they took the exact wrong thing away from it. But all the business about, and, and then yeah, on top of it all, it's, sometimes it's kind of hard for me to remember because it's the before time, and I put a lot of that behind me. But I was in Alabama, okay, and we were doing the play in memory of my friend, and I was there from. I remember that. And I was there from December to almost the end of January, and we had the devil's own time putting that play up because, uh, you know, granted people get sick in the winter and everything, but we had we had the entire cast go down. And we had a cast member who worked in Huntsville, Alabama, which is an international airport and has a lot of connections with China over technology and electronics. And he was sick with what would later look a lot like COVID symptoms, minus losing the sense of taste and smell. And the funny thing is, now losing, after it's like, okay, well, you know, you don't lose your sense of taste and smell anymore. Well, that's back. I don't want to tell tales, but a member of our, a beloved member of our community has been battling COVID for like three damn weeks and does not have their sense of taste and smell. That's apparent, that strains, and it's weird that they would get that strain because, you know, vaxxed and boosted. The craziest thing about all of that, and I guess this is a good time to bring it up because I'm you know, speaking of woods again. Even with this new thing popping off, we're, we're finally out of the woods, and it, it's almost disrespectful that that fucker, the guy who, because something was going on in June, I got a call once again at a a large gathering with. There were Chinese people there. It was a, a college graduation, so there's going to be people from Asia graduating college, what they do. And I remember somebody with the COVID cough there, and he was far away from me. And, and it was like a zombie movie because almost all the way through the service, two people were coughing. And by the time I got to the, the celebrate, and I mean, I'm at the type of thing where my daughter wanted to smoke weed with me because she was graduating college. You know, that's, that's uh, you know, for a, a stoner, that's his greatest uh, accomplishment. And I wasn't feeling it because all of a sudden I couldn't smell anything and my chest was congested and I just felt like crap and angry and dysphoric. Um, COVID was roaming mental illness as well. We haven't processed that. I, you know, I don't know why mental health is so taboo in this country. I really don't. Well, oh, the, I think I think the, the the mental health sequelae of COVID. We might not fully understand what that was un, uh, until after you know the planets caught fire in two thousand twenty nine. 
Am I wrong? You know, you know, I, I think, I think it's what ends us because it broke everybody. Well, not to impugn uh, another group of neuroatypical, but it made everybody slightly autistic. You know, I'm not, I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna argue, I'm not gonna argue with you about that, uh, Jerry, and I don't mean that in a negative way, because when we go, when when we go out together, Annette, who has just finely tuned sen- a finely tuned sense of uh, observation, we get out on the road, and she's like, I remember before COVID, and people didn't drive like this. Yeah, there was a thread on Reddit talking about this same thing, and and it hasn't come back. The, the, the thread said everybody went feral. They did. I, you know what? I'm dealing, I'm processing today because I never got a minute off. You know, Carolyn was dying through all of that. Uh-huh. I did it all by myself. And in fact, I'm um. You know, in fact, if I go deeper, I kind of started losing my mind in 2012 when my mom succumbed to cancer. And I knew it was all go to shit. A classic Cassandra's disease. I was still deep in having a traumatic brain injury, knowing I didn't have my whole brain to deal with any of this. But it wouldn't matter. I kind of, you know what? I think on one of my trips a long time ago, I did see COVID. You know, they call that a bad trip, but sometimes a bad trip's just the future. <laughs> that you glimpse for a moment to prepare. I saw all of this happen, and, and I was today I was just going, we want to vote for light up your butt. <laughs> we, there's people going around, you know what? This guy who said trying to light up your butt he should be president again. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. That's some existential angst. I get it. I get it. You know what? Uh, you, you know. You know. We. You know. We have a new doggy in the house, right? No. 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 Yes. No. Oh, he's he's such a handsome boy. He's a golden retriever. What kind of dog? He's a golden retriever. Oh. He's- I played football with a, a chocolate lab today. Well, he he has, not on purpose. It's just kind of football. He has he has clued into some things. I just heard him barking out out out, out in the front of the house because he has a profound bark. And I figured out uh, Annette and I figured out something last night. Annette has, Annette is his mommy. I'm just his auntie. But. I've noticed over several nights now, he starts barking at 8 p.m. Because that's that's when it's time for Auntie to come. That's when it's time for Auntie to come in and see him again. And I just uh, is it 8 p.m. already? Oh my god! Uh, I, I got it. I got it. I got it. It is eight. I got a note for you from. Uh, from uh, Jake and uh, subject line Jerry's phone 
this is offered with love, okay? Robin, love you, love the show, and I'm getting I'm getting to Jerry, but damn, why do his phone calls sound like he's ringside at a two-bit fight-by-night gator wrestling match out in the Neverglades somewhere? Please, Jerry, with all the noise and... With all the noise in the world, please consider finding a peaceful hot spot where you're where you can grace us with your inestimable presence. Thanks, Jake from Columbus. Where it's fucking Jake from Columbus. How are you doing right now? Jake from Columbus, where it's fucking gray and cold and dark. So, Columbus, Ohio. I've been there. It's all of those things. Yeah, and that's the most interesting part of Ohio, Columbus. And apparently now you've climbed into a pickle jar, or a pickle barrel. Well, yeah, no, well, I, cut, I cut out all of the sound, but they, there's no um, sound absorption in here. It's like ceramic material. Yeah, I mean, broadcasting live from a shipping container in Hollywood, Florida, it's Jerry Jerry. All right, here was my point. My point was, cannabinoids are mostly safe for 95% of the people. And the same shit fucks, and that's the only word for it, who want to put Trump back into power will fuck this up. Uh, Biden just signed the 2018 uh, Farm Bill extension that allowed all the research to go without the DEA kicking the door. Um, the conversation that Obama started, but uh, not to be racist, that only a white man could finish you know, because Obama, he legalized the, the, the weed that he made up the kids off it. Can you hear that? Is that accurate? Oh, yeah, yeah. yeah. I mean, you're, it's like you're in, a sh- yeah, you're in a shipping container. Scary, Jerry, you have a wonderful... Listen, I know, I know, I know the holidays are tough. I know. I'm better. I'm better just talking to you guys. I'm glad. And getting the feedback. Yeah, no, no, it's, um... You... We're a part of me and Carolyn's lives, and we listened like old timey 1943. You were one of her favorite things before she passed. I made her a horn lifter. And she enjoyed you and Randy. Well, listen, I'll be think. I-, I will be. I- I'll be thinking of you for the rest of the evening. I'll be thinking of you tomorrow. The whole Horn Family Community Congregation is going to be in my heart because this is my family. The last, it is. The last, the last remaining member of my birth family threw me away. It's because, people who you're because in of, your because, life be, on be, 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 because of because of what I am, not who, what. Same. I'm, I'm uh, thinking amending those fences, but I got some resentment of my own, so I'm, I'm still I'm processing that now. I, I mean, grief takes the most bandwidth. You really can't do anything until you move past that or move through it. Never move past you're, it. You're absolutely right, and you know I'm not I'm not going to grieve. I'm not going to grieve. But it hit. You know, as the hip kids say, it hits hard. <laughs> Really? You are at a grad strip. I'm in South Florida. It would be quieter if you. It would be quieter if you were at a drag show. 
holidays in South Florida are really exuberant because it's not cold. It's not great. All your uh, weekend. Uh, and it's November, so it's no right. So it's and it's November, so you're hurricane free until what? Yeah, no, no, don't say it. Next don't week, say it. the month's not over. We, we don't we don't say that. We don't say it until it actually comes. Superstition. We had a hurricane in uh, November, so we don't say it. But yeah, it's almost over. <laughs> and the weather is fucking amazing. It's seventy-two degrees right now. 50% humidity. You might want to have a jacket on or maybe a hoodie. So people are on their motorcycles, their sports cars, their scooters, their jet skis, their sailboats. Oh, I know. I know. Remember, you got to remember, I am, I'm at least a four-time reader of the entire Travis McGee series by John D. McDonald. Slip, slip F-18 at Bahia Mar in Fort Lauderdale. Never that did. Fort Lauderdale's gone, by the way. Oh, yeah, I'm sure. Yes, I'm sure. It's, I, I think I went by there. I think I'm pretty sure it's either a, another bridge or a condo. Well, no, what I'll they did, again, but, but, um, but Bahiamar is still there. They There used to be a plaque yes. at the real Slip F-18. They moved it inside the building now. And, of course, the only people who come to see the plaque are like, you know, old fucks. There's a slip on Fort Lauderdale River, but I don't I don't know of any more slips. They actually moved that whole thing and made condos or bridges. Fort Lauderdale has become a mega city. Ah, Jesus. <laughs> I needed to hear that. But... Eh. But the th- if, if you never... Uh, honest to God, Jerry, if you've never done it, you need to read the entire <laughs> Travis McGee series. Uh, it's on the list. Because I have some reading time coming. John John, John D. McDonald defined not and not entirely whitely. John D. McDonald defined uh, South Florida for an entire world of readers as it existed between shortly after the Kennedy assassination to the early uh, early Reagan eighties. In fact, Travis McGee was originally supposed to be called Dallas McGee, but they changed it to Travis because Dallas was too close to the Kennedy assassination. How's that for a loop back? We got the all famous callback. How about shit? I was just going to say something. Would you read Hunter S. Thompson before you read Travis McGee? Because I'm about to dive into Hunter. Given this proper respect, you can, I he, mean, he called all this shit in 1972. You can, well, I mean, you could, yeah, I mean, it's that's like, would you read, would you read Nostradamus before you read uh, Gibbon on the fall of Rome? Frankly, <laughs> I, th- I think it would be more beneficial to read MacDonald. It's all fiction, but the thing is, he he uh, he synthesized South Florida and the country because he traveled. Travis McGee goes to Chicago. He goes to New York. You know, 
New Mexico, Texas, whatever. But home base is South Florida. I mean, when when somebody like Jimmy when somebody like Jimmy Buffett is dropping Travis McGee references in his songs, when Dave Barry and all the other great South Florida comedy and crime novel Tim Dorsey are dropping uh, John D. McDonald, Travis McGee name checks. You know it's a thing. And they and by the you way know, they demo- they demolished his house. He built a beautiful modern, you know, ultra modern house on the uh, west coast of Florida. And it was a thing to behold that no longer exists. It was bought for a princely ransom, and they didn't preserve it as the home of a beloved Florida writer. And now it's some tacky ass condo because Florida. I uh, have a, a Florida woman story. I met this girl today. We're sitting down. We're having coffee. And she already <laughs> she already had a boyfriend, so it doesn't really count. But she was going, you know, I met my boyfriend a year and a half ago. And she goes, I'm an independent. I'm a gun-loving, hunting, what they call it. And I was like, wow, wow. Later. I was like, you know. <laughs> I was like, all of those words in that sentence. And I just let her talk. And she didn't like. She goes, and my boyfriend is so, he's just so true blue. He doesn't even want a gun in the house. I'm like, wow. You know, that, that's what hormones will do to you. There's no proper screening. You are, uh, you, you, are, you, are talking, you are talking to the wrong girl about what hormones will do, okay? You just are. Well, the minute you, have, a, you have a working you know, knowledge of what it, I mean, if it was in the before time, the minute a girl said that to me, I'd look at her and say, honey, I wouldn't screw you with Donald Trump's Johnson. Just no. It's more important to me now than it was before. Before I used to let all kinds of shit go, and now I'm like, you know, no, that that's a you're a crazy person. You probably voted for Donald, and I just uh, you know, it's well, the Bible. especially especially in a place like Wednesday. especially <laughs> in a place like Florida. Oh my heavenly day! This big prayer meeting Wednesday. I mean, do you have? I mean, do you have any idea? It, it breaks my heart that there are places in the United States of America where I can no longer go. I'm an American citizen. I should be able to go to any state safely, regardless of gender. I'd be more, I'd be more worried about Texas because they apparently are taking that shit seriously. No, 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 hold on, hold on, hold on. No, Texas still has a thriving... Uh, uh, gender surgery? No, no, that no. They just hate trans kids. Florida hates uh, all trans people. Okay, let's be clear. No, not Florida, Ron. Florida, not Florida. No, what? no. We have been. De- I'm, no, I'm not going. I'm not going to get into this. But yes, Florida, because the laws apply all over the state. And if I, no, you're right. I, if, I, can't, if I, I can't argue that. If I, I flew into Miami International. And didn't pee before I got off the plane. I could be arrested for using the women's room in Miami International. 
You know, I ha- that's no, a fact. You wouldn't. Not in Miami International. Not in Palm Beach International. No shit. All it takes. No, 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 no. Stop. One maggot. Stop. All it takes is one Karen. One maggot Karen. And they will take. And the but thing is, the they will take. And, and it doesn't matter what it says on my license. They will take me off to the men's prison. Yay! I got it. That's why I can't go to Florida. I miss Key West. I, I've done. I've spent time in Florida. I mean, it's not like I've never been there. I miss. I miss it. I've got. A, I've got a dear friend who owns a home down there, and he's like, "Come down anytime." And I'm like, "Love to, can't." You know, you have this phraseology about sitting on the ledge smoking cigarettes. Yeah. Because uh, that, that whole not, not no, you have two of them about when the the boss is about to die, and he doesn't really like cigarettes, so we're smoking cigarettes now. We're kind of that that way in state with Ron DeSantis. He's seen as a clown. Being that the insurance market collapsed, um, yeah, there, there will be there, there will there will be a slightly more personable Ron DeClantis who runs for governor because he's term limited out, and he ain't going to be gov- uh, he, he ain't going to be senator. And Matt Gates wants to be governor. Yeah, really, y'all's politics is more <laughs> fucked up than West Virginia, and that's saying a thing. Anyway, you know, Jerry, I got to get out of here, honey. We both do. Get through. Get through. Get through tomorrow. Just get through tomorrow, okay? No, I got. I have something planned tomorrow, and I'm gonna watch. uh, Hopefully, watch the Dolphins on Friday with my dad before Shabbat. And all of you out there, slightly Jewish or uh, Jewish adjacent, will understand the whole before Shabbat. No, that's Jew. (laughs) No, uh, uh, George Soros has defined that. That's Jewish. Jewish. That, that, that's going to be quite the thing because he's very, he's very religious. So you know, the, the, the Sabbath's coming, but football. So it's going to be hysterical. <laughs> and you'll call me. Uh, and then there's the, the and, yeah, right. And then there's the whole tu- right. Then there's the whole touching the skin of a pig thing. So we'll just leave it at that. Jerry, you take care, honey. We'll talk soon. Okay. Thank you. Bye. What a perfect way to end this Thanksgiving Eve broadcast. Our dear, dear friend, Scary Jerry. little extra broadcasting because I'm still trying to make up for what I missed on Monday. So we got, I think, an hour and 15 minutes of, yeah, not bad. I have one more humongous thank you to make. Our kind, dear, anonymous internet friend. Just knocked down another day of funding so that we can do the power bill and the internet. And a little more on top of it. So we were at nine, now we're down to five, and then we're down to four seventy five. That is magnificent, my friend. Thank you so much. It takes a great weight off my shoulders. And I'm not making that up. Thank you. Thanks to our 
Patreon and PayPal subscribers. Thank you to our a la carte contributors. Thank you to everyone who responds to the challenges. Thank you to our news ninjas. Thanks to each and every one of you who share your precious finite time engaging in the program in whatever manner you so choose. Thank you to our all-volunteer staff. Thanks, Roger, in the chat room. Thank you, Brother Deacon Asa. Head on dot live. My heavenly days, that Pacific sunset is magic. I need to see that someday. Life is short. Thank you, John Fox in Australia. Thank you, Ben Birch, WhiteRoseSociety.org. Thanks to the hardest working, bravest people I know, the folks at Coal River Mountain Watch, CRMW.net. 20 plus years at the forefront of the struggle for human rights and environmental justice in Appalachia and a proud union shop. Please stay safe. Get your booster, get your RSV vaccine, get your flu shot. Annette got her flu shot today. Yay! Wear your mask when you're in crowds of more than five, unless it's like you're for sure at Thanksgiving tomorrow. Wash your hands, don't touch your face, use your hand sanitizer, carry it with you everywhere you go, pocket or purse. Maintain your social distance as best you can. (sighs) And you know what? Just avoid everybody coming toward you on the sidewalk as though they are the plague. even if some of them aren't. And always, 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 Gina, it's all for you. I love you, Wayne. I love you all. Happy Thanksgiving, everyone. Later. <laughs>